And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. wrestling podcast rich you know um now it's become you refuse to do the intro i do now you force me to do the intro every week uh (laughs) a one week bit has now turned into a permanent fixture on the show and you know i listen i if this is going to continue on forever, I, I guess I'm doing the intro from now on. Yeah, or or it could be a Mizdow type deal where you know it's a it's a it's a one thing, and then people are into it for a while, and then people kind of get sick of it, and they're like, oh, you know what, we need we want Rich to do the intro again. I mean, right now everyone's on board with the Joe Lanza, and I am too. I like it. It's 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 over. Uh, the crowds love it, so we'll, we'll see how long it goes for. You know, one guy said it was dog shit last week. <laughs> I think he was joking, but I don't know that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really uh, tell the temperature. I, I listen, I think what your idea here is, is, is you're hoping that I sink like a stone so that you yes. can rub it in my face right? and then resume <laughs> the intro duties. Of course. But what you don't understand is, Rich. You rise to the occasion, right? The more weeks that I do this, the just better gonna I'm going to get at it. Yeah. Well. And, and, you know, it, it could, you could end up getting Wally pipped. And it's true. That's fine. This is the second time on this show that we've made a Wally Pip reference. That's <laughs> true. Did he ever get a ring? Did Wally Pip at least get a World Series ring for his efforts? You know, that's an excellent question. I'm going to look it up right well, now because at least at the end of the day, he could maybe. Yeah, well. The thing with Pip was he may not have because he ended up going to the Reds once the Yankees realized what they had with Gehrig. Obviously, a quality ball player like Pip. He got a ring. He got a ring in 23. Okay, so the Yankees won it in 23 and he was still around. Yeah. Yep, he got a. Uh, uh, he was the, he actually, oh, 1923. 1923. Yeah, he got uh, 20 at bats. 20 at bats. 
in that postseason. Oh, I was going to say, did he get 20 at-bats all year? or that, that Yeah, 1923, let's see. No, he actually, yeah, he was, um, he still had, uh, when did that happen then? Oh, okay, no, that was 25 then when he got replaced. Because in 23, he was still, he almost had 600 plate appearances Yeah, so 1923, he was still the first baseman. Yeah, it's 25 where he only has 62 games, 178 plate appearances. So that was the, oh, shit, wait. <laughs> like, we have somebody better. And then the next year he was on Cincinnati and, and to play out the rest of his career. Had an MVP almost, and he got votes for the MVP of the year after. At, 1926 with the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, so, Wally Pipp. So fuck you, Lou Gehrig. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he really stuck it to Gehrig. The, the thing <laughs> is that people don't realize, you know, he's, he's, he's the butt of jokes. Wally Pipp was a good baseball player. Right. And, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, Lou Gehrig was replacing some schlub. This is why it was kind of not I don't want to say controversial, but it was a big deal that he replaced. Wally Pipp was a good player. This was a guy that, you know, was an MVP contender, uh, you know, with even with the Yankees um, during those days. So Wally Pipp was a good was a good player. And I I think being the Reds historian that I am, I don't believe they made a trade with the Yankees to get Pipp. I believe he was purchased from the Yankees. Okay, the old school, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, he had a couple good years with the Reds. I don't think he played very long with the Reds, though. I think that was it. Three years three years with the Reds, and he was out. Yeah, he was a little long in the tooth at that point. And uh, especially in those days, I mean, you hit your mid-30s with all the drinking and and uh, womanizing that these guys did. It was, you know, you had the body of a 50-year-old by the time you were 35 years old. I mean, they didn't exactly have, uh, you know, state-of-the-art dieting and exercise techniques in uh, 1928, Rich. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. So, Wally Pip, this probably about two years ago we brought up Wally Pip. I don't know did, yes. what context it was. And I'm willing to bet we had the exact same conversation. <laughs> I don't think about the rings. And we talked about something else about Lou Gehrig, but probably not uh, the, the ring conversation. But yeah, Lou Gehrig ended up having a pretty okay career. Yeah, Gary. Which is Gary funny that he ring. didn't replace him before. Like in 1923, he's 20 years old, Lou Gehrig. And yeah, he played in the minors and he had a really good year in the minors. He comes up 26 at bats of the Yankees. He had 423 and gets on base at 464. Okay, he's 20. The next year he comes back, 1924. He's 21 years old. 12 at bat. He only gets 12 at bats this time because we're not really sure about you. Uh, hits 500 with a 538 on base. And then the next year they said, no, you know what? We're going to go with Pip for the first half of the year. We'll see how it works. Uh, and then Garrick replaced him the rest of the way and had uh, 295, 365. Well, here's the thing. And- I, I bet in those first couple of years, Pip raked. I bet he raked because he, you know, that he was in the prime. Yeah, he had, a, he had a, he was top 15 MVP one of those years too. So, yeah. So, you know, it's a good problem to have for the old, uh, Hey, man. New York Yankees. Yeah, so. That's why those teams were loaded, and that's why they <laughs> fucking dominated the next. Well, Babe Ruth helped. Also, because you have you know. major league teams using you as a farm system. So. <laughs> Babe Ruth helped a little bit. Uh, but, he was okay. Uh, you yeah, know, he, he was an okay player, but but yeah. So uh, you're gonna. And here's the problem with you doing the intros is, and, and I don't think it's a small sample size. The first show you did the intro it went four hours, and now we're already uh, <laughs> five minutes into this. And all we talked about is Wally Pip and Lou Gehrig. Listen, Wally Pip to me is an interesting topic. I mean, I, it I is. find it fascinating. Uh, Who's the wrestling Wally Pip, Joe? Is it Hara, the recently deceased Hara? You know, it could be. That's not a bad one. It, it, Tenru, Tenru's close to. Well, you know, I think, I think Tenru was a much bigger star and a much mm-hmm. bigger deal. Wally Pip was a good ball player. Yeah, we have to yeah, we sort of have to reel that in. Yeah, like like Tenru would have been at he probably would have had an MVP under his belt at some point. Tenru was an all-time great and he probably was the Japanese MVP for you know several different yeah. times. You know, Wally Pip was a solid ball. You know what Wally Pip was? Wally Pip was Hiroki Goto. Mm-hmm. Okay? A solid performer. 
okay, is someone who you can count on uh, to do a nice job. Tenru is a Hall of Famer. You know, in any credible wrestling Hall of Fame, you, you got to have Tenru. I mean, this guy's an all-time great. So I, I don't know if I'd go with Tenru. You know, Hara's not a bad one because it's yeah, you know, gambling debts. They tell him to go the hell away, <laughs> and then you know, but but they see, have Masawa as a nice little rookie to say, hey, you know what, eh, you you replace him. But Masawa, he was a little bit more at that point. You know, I was just gonna say you have to have someone. You have to give me who replaced him though. You, you see, to be the Wally Pip of wrestling, you have to be a solid performer who was bumped out, and the guy who replaced you was an immortal. Because you know, right? Well, that that was Masawa then. So okay, all right, if that okay, then I, I can yes, I can buy that. Uh, yeah, because you know he he the Masawa became the the tag partner uh, for Tenru and those, and I, I know this only because I'm going through all those matches right now. And then Hara died this week, and I read the the bio and the the Observer, which is pretty good, and only a, a snippet of what we're going to get next week from Dave. But yeah, they, they basically said, hey, you know, and Masawa was doing some stuff, but they said, hey, you 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 know, you're in the main event now, you're teaming with Tenru, and I believe the rest is kind of history. So there was really no better time for a death of one of these guys for you than right now, because you're watching all that stuff in chronological right, right. order. And now you get this tremendous bio, you know, unfortunately the dude is dead, but you get this tremendous bio giving you all this background information of these matches that you're currently watching, which, mm -hmm. which is kind of handy because it's great. Yes. How much, how <laughs> much did you know about the man before he died? I knew nothing. No, I, that's, that's, what's funny is it's been like two weeks ago and I, I don't remember if I tweeted this out, but at least I, I've been thinking, of, I was like, I don't know anything about this horror guy and he's in all these big matches and I'm looking him up and I find out his story and I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. And then, yeah, then like this week and I'm like, oh, well, geez, like I almost feel guilty. So is there an American example of a wrestling Wally Pip? <sighs> how about, how about man, this? Let's think of that. Might, how about this? Yeah. How about Bob Backlund? He got replaced by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And it, you know, he got he didn't he got dragged out of there kicking and screaming. <laughs> right. But it's not as if Backlund wasn't at minimum a borderline Hall of Fame guy himself. Right, in fact, right. At that he's point. in he's in most credible wrestling hall feats mm -hmm. at this point. So I don't know if Backlund would be bigger in wrestling than Pip was in baseball. I kind of think that I, I kind of see Backlund as a 300 hitter with a 350 on base who, uh, with a little bit of pop, maybe get a, yeah, yeah. I, I, Backlund might not be a bad choice. That's not bad. Yeah. That, that's what I'm gonna have to think about that one a little bit more. Maybe people can come up with stuff. It, it seems like a good article that I might, uh, try to explore that. That's tough. Yeah. Cause you have to, there's a certain level that, like, like you said, we can't get like a, a perennial MVP guy or a, like just a guy that kind of gets some votes here and there, pretty good. Yeah, Backlund might almost be almost be too good, but it sort of it sort of works because Garrick and the Hulk Hogan, that I mean, that works perfect. Because you also need that guy that replaced him, like you said. It can't just be a guy that was a solid hand. It's got to be like an all-time legendary. No, it's you know, you, you got to like, get replaced by Lou motherfucking Garrick. You can't get right, you can't, exactly. Like, yeah, like you can't say, all right, like like I'll give you a good example. You can't say. Like uh, Barry Windham, who everyone thought was going to be the next guy, and it ended up being Sting. Well, there's a problem with that because Sting didn't end up becoming like an immortal. You right. Know, uh oh. Like, uh oh. You have, a, you have an issue. There. <laughs> uh oh. Well, listen, don't say that. I don't even think the most ardent Sting supporters <laughs> no, I think we're done with call that. him an immortal, would they? I mean, geez. <laughs> I, I think they might. <laughs> you, you, you think there would be people I don't who would know, compare I don't know. Sting I... to Lou Gehrig? <laughs> I hope not. That would be not, completely but... mental. I mean, the sting, the, some of the ardent sting fans, man, they're uh, they're a weird bunch. They'll uh, they love their stinger. You might be right. You might be right. And I like sting more than you like sting. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, like sting more than most people like sting, and I I think that sounds completely mental. Anyway, um, I have to take control of this thing, Rich. Since you do, you, you get this thing into I'm, yeah, get this thing I'm into the gear. captain what of the ship here. What the hell are we doing? I don't know where we're steering this thing right into an iceberg. But yeah, I think. 
we have to start the show this week. We have to lead off with WWE. They had the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which we buried the preview of. And we cannot bury the review. Literally buried. It was at like three hours and 45 minutes of last week's mic. Like there's nobody listening to that. No. So nobody heard that. If, if WWE does a uh, pay-per-view, you kind of have to lead off with the review. They are the uh, biggest show in town. So let's start off with Extreme Rules, yeah. which to me, I'll give my quick overview of the show first and then give you the floor. I, look, right. this was just a show. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was completely inoffensive, but there was nothing great on the show. I don't even think there was anything very good on the show. Um, I'm looking at your star ratings on our production notes here, and this is the fr- I, I haven't heard your opinions on anything. I didn't read the team review. I'm a bad member of the site. I didn't even read our <laughs> own article this time uh, because I wanted to go in. I, I, I obviously wrote the review for Fighting Spirit magazine, and I wanted to go in as unspoiled as possible, so I didn't read anything. Um, that's my excuse. Is that a viable excuse? You like that? That's no, that's solid. I like okay, that. Because yeah. then it's going to be organic. Us and I, you, you know, you and I talking about that will be a little bit more fun. That works so. too. Yeah, and I and I really, you know, you know me. I'm Mister. I don't like to watch anything unspoiled if po- spoiled if possible, especially if I'm writing a review of something because I, sure. I really want a clean slate to to treat the show fairly. If I'm spoiled. I'm, I just – I'm not going to like the show as much. It's just not possible. But anyway, so I really don't know your thoughts, which is interesting. Um, I guess the only match on the show that would even be – that anyone's even talking about as, as as a potential you know, very good or great match would be the last man standing match. And I had a lot of problems with that match. And I guess we can get to that as we go through the show. Yeah. But I, I overall, general thoughts, just a show, the definition of just a show – a very forgettable show. It's the kind of show you'll look back on in three, four, five years and forget that it ever happened. And uh, I mean, you might forget this one happened in two or three months, let alone two. Yeah, th- I think I think that would be what I would say about this show. Yeah, it, it was as you said, just a show, and it wasn't it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it was just kind of there. It was it was almost kind of it, it was very dull. I thought in, in a lot of ways, which is hard to do in a Chicago crowd. Like you really have to. You really have to try to, to make and, and the crowd did all they could throughout the night. They were hot for most of the matches, you know, save for one that they, they didn't really make much of a reaction for, which is the, the, the Divas match. But otherwise, I mean, they, they were hot the whole time, but there was just nothing there. And and that's it's unique because Extreme Rules and I, I talked about it in the preview and it's sort of been a, a narrative, you know, going into that is, you know, Extreme Rules is usually always over deliver because, you know, even we, we talk about last year's show. I believe there was a um, that was the, the it was the Bray Wyatt John Cena match. I think it was the one you like, right? If that, I think it was your favorite of the uh, the, the John Cena Bray Wyatt matches. If I, I like a guy, I might get I it mixed up. That, payback that, or something like that. I don't know what show it was, but the the last man standing between Cena and Bray Wyatt. I think that was if, this one. I'll, I'll have to if, find out for sure. And then the year prior was uh, Ryback and uh, John Cena, if I remember correctly, which which actually over delivered as well. Yeah, if if the Wyatt Cena match wasn't your favorite of their matches, then I I don't know what the, that that had to be everybody's favorite. It was the only match that was an excellent match, but it was the only match they had that was even better than terrible so um because if you remember that they had oh no this was oh no oh god it was the steel cage match was the uh extreme rules Rules was the cage match with the uh, oh yeah with the the (laughs) demonic (laughs) children's voice and all that the cage match where literally nobody was left out but luckily they've resolved that now cage matches mean a lot more in wwe so oh yeah sure they did this year they've definitely tightened that up and said you know what no (laughs) like if there's a cage, you guys are not getting in, which which is fine. It's another kind of trope that we'll get into here in a little bit. But yeah, I thought it was just a show. And like you said, I don't even think it's going to take years to forget this happens. I think by like late summer, we're going to forget this this whole thing happened because just nothing happened. It was a transition show of all transition shows. And, and we're seeing with Payback is, again, another one of those where they really are just a lot of stuff showing up in this company. It's just that they're not and I don't want to make it into a, gi- a gigantic you know discussion about that. We don't necessarily have to do that again like we always do. But 
they just it, it's they have a problem creating stars anymore. They just can't do it. They have a guy in, in, in what I would say in Rusev and and they've done him no favors as of late. And I don't think this did him any favors either. And that the story they're going forward isn't gonna do him any. It's just you look at this, you look at guys like Dean Ambrose and Luke. I mean, it's just the talent roster up and down is it's there's talent there, but just nobody cares. It's hard to get invested in any of these guys or any of these characters or any of these stories right now. It's just so, so hard. Yeah, I have a lot to add about Rusev, and I got a, I got a lot to say, but let's run it down. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, so we'll start with the kickoff show. I don't know if you caught this. I, I, I sometimes can catch the kickoff stuff. Sometimes I cannot. This one I tried to watch because I was interested to see Neville uh, in a big spot here. Uh, obviously, uh, replacing Daniel Bryan, it was Bad News Barrett versus Neville. No Intercontinental title on the line, just a normal standard match for the kickoff show. Uh, I thought Neville looked pretty good here. I, uh, I enjoyed this. I gave it three stars. Um, yeah, I thought he he endeared himself pretty well, and I thought Bad News Barrett's, you know, got a good role. He's had a, a lot of momentum since coming back, and I really enjoy what he's been doing. But I thought Neville was the star here, and I thought he got super over in front of that crowd, and it was a it was a good way to kick it off. People were excited about the, the, the card going forward after him. So I thought Neville – I think Neville has looked excellent since coming yes. up to the main roster. I think that – I'm shocked. I did not think he was going to transition this well at all. I didn't think they would treat him this well. You know, and, and look, they may, because they've treated him very well. Mm-hmm. Now, they may do that thing where they make him pay his dues or whatever. And But but the thing is, he's been so good as an underdog babyface selling his ass off for these guys. Yeah. And he, he's he's been doing a tremendous job in that role. And I liked both of the matches he had with Barrett this week because then he faced him at um, the King of the Ring. Yeah, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But. Which, which kind of... You know, maybe they actually had some semi-long-term planning here. They knew, all right, look, we have this Daniel Bryan situation, which they kept advertising him right up until the show. Which <laughs> Two hours prior to the show when they just said, oh, wait, he's not here. Sorry. Which everyone knew damn well he was. I mean, that's – you know how I feel about that. I'm a fan yeah. advocate, Rich. As you are. Know, and it's gotten me in trouble before, but I stand by it. I am a fan advocate, and I do not like shit like that. But, uh, you know, so they put Neville in the match and and maybe the idea was, all right, he can get the win as the surprise replacement. But then he's going to, you know, come up short in the uh, in the King of the Ring. Maybe they planned, you know. Right. And I was fine with that, too. which is which is good. It's a nice little deal. Mm -hmm. And I was fine with him losing in the King. Well, we'll get to that. But I I was fine with that. I think that's a good I have no problem with that. And it's like his, you know, his debut where, you know, he goes to the wire with Seth Rollins. And then loses. I don't. That's not a. I don't think that's a big deal. It's it's the even Steven back and forth. That's the stuff that hurts people. I don't think going to the wire with with guys is really a big deal. And and, and getting to the finals of the King of the Ring and then losing. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's no, they, it's positive. They I, I don't mind they, that. Yeah. And they presented this match as a big upset. Which, exactly. Which right. They should because you have one guy's the Intercontinental Champion, and the other guy just got called up to the roster. So that was the story that needed to be told. They sold it as an upset, and he wasn't able to pull it off a second time. But I think I think over. Overall, uh, more so than just focusing on this one little, you know, pre-show match, Neville has looked great, and especially in the role that they've put him in. So I think yeah. Neville's uh, doing a very nice job, and as a result, he's getting over. Absolutely, and I, I think him in this like kickoff role, and, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be the kickoff show; it could be the opener of a pay-per-view, anything like that. I think that's tailor-made for him, just to go out there, do his thing, you know, quick pace stuff, hit the Phoenix play, even if it's against whoever. Even if he, you know, just I think he's the perfect guy to get out there and, and get the crowd hyped up at the beginning. I think they're always going to they're always going to react. I don't think there's ever going to come a point where, you know, he does that Phoenix splash and the crowd's not going to react or he does. A, you know what I mean? He's very good at doing that where 
you know, in NXT, when he played that role, and we, we talked about it a lot, uh, you know, on this show, and I talked about it on my reviews, he played the role where he was slowing stuff down and doing the headlocks. And and again, that, that's a place for certain people. I think with Kevin Owens, it works perfectly. With Neville, it never worked. It never connected. People knew it. People kind of got bored of it real quick. You could tell he wasn't really into it, too. Now he's in this role where, as you said, he's the, the baby face taking abuse and then doing some flips and doing his Phoenix splash. And I mean, that that's perfect for him. That's absolutely what he should be Completely doing. Completely agree. You have to be what you are. And, you know, it's it's a big problem with this company is everyone works the same way a lot of the time. And you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Adrian Neville being Randy Orton was not going to work. No. It was terrible. And I think every, every match he's had, he's kind of been on fire and has done a great job from the match where he lost the title to Zayn to now yeah. everything since that match including that match till now he's looked great because we yeah, knocked him out of a run we, it really we did we were knock very him out critical of, of, his, yeah. of his nxt title run his matches yeah. always were a bit underwhelming and we, and to be honest we're two guys who were very critical of his entire career except for maybe right. <laughs> except for maybe the the hot uh Bravegate run that he had which which was great you know other than that we we never thought much of this guy at all i think he's been on fire since he lost that title and why are we still talking about the kickoffs i don't know Hey, that's fine. We're passionate. That's what we Joe, do, cause... Rich. Right. We were <laughs> masters of brevity. Uh, let's move on here to the Chicago Street Fight. We're just going to count this all as one match, even though you know it was it lasted fifty six minutes officially or whatever the hell it did. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper. I did not like. I thought I was going to really love this. I hated this. This was. Uh, I don't know. It was it was a plunder match when it didn't need to be. Uh, it, and that's what I think I put in the but review. It was extreme. As I said, yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like. I think they could have had like a, a decent sort of it was it's this weird balance of of having a street fight and then just having, you know, when like when WCW did hardcore. Remember when in 1999 or I don't know, you had kind of checked out at, at, probably at that point uh, when WCW had done like their version of hardcore matches. Do you remember any of those? Oh, I do. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. OK, where it was like a hack, you know, Sandman Norman, was hardcore. Norman Smiley. Right, and all Brian they did was Nobbs, just like, like <laughs> they that. walked Terry out with Funk. a garbage bin. Yeah, Terry, yeah, yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow because yes. he was getting fat and Kevin Nash hated him. So he would just they would come out with a garbage bin and just like pour it over, and then just like thirty five things would come out, and they would just hit each other with them, and that was it. That was the whole entire match was just that. It was so different because like you, you know that's what they thought ECW was was oh it was guys hitting each other with garbage pails or whatever. And it's like no, it, that's it was much more than that, and that's that's what I thought with this is it was like okay, well let's get as many weapons in the ring as possible and just kind of hit each other with them, and it was just like that's stupid. And then like the backstage, I I, I can do without backstage brawls and stuff. So yeah, I, I didn't like this. I thought I thought an in the ring real kind of back and forth real brawl. I thought we were going to get up from these two and 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 more of what we got in the, the the ziggler harper you know ladder match where yeah they use weapons but it's it felt like a real real dangerous fight this didn't feel dangerous or, or like a it just felt like a goofy like this this would have fit perfectly in like late 98 99 like wwf or wcw it was, like you, the, you right it was terrible it was, i hated goofy it is the right word this was silly right this was silly you know the whole thing driving off in the car and then coming back the only thing that would have been worse would be if they would have, you know, pre-taped fighting in the street somewhere, you know, earlier. Right, and I heard people saying, oh, they should have done no, that. I I like, no, I hate stuff like that. I can't stand stuff like that, Bob. It'd be like, you know, daytime, and it's like, I don't, it's not daytime. <laughs> like, you know, there's some closed street somewhere. Like, it would have looked that so That stuff sick. drives me nuts. And I, and I know the last thing I... Also, Vince would have had to pay a union to do that, and he was not about to do that, so... And the last thing I want to see is wrestlers <laughs> fighting in a non-wrestling environment. I never liked that stuff. So, um, yeah, it was just silly. Let's move on. I, I didn't like it. it yeah, silly. that's I got nothing there. I, I went to, I went two and a half stars. Uh, Dave went two and a half, too. I, I, yeah, that's that, the range I would have been into. I, I just, yeah. It was just a silly match. 
it's it's hard to really like most of what you saw and, here. And, and, and then we just, had, and, it, and you know what? It just speaks to the deterioration of Dean Ambrose. I mean, they've just turned yeah. him into this silly guy, and he's just—he's goofy. He's wild. He's goofy. Uh, and, and everything like, they're going to have to keep trying to top themselves on the goofy meter with this guy. And really, they missed. They had a small window to really yep. do some things. It was summer, summer of last year. They had it. And he they, came back. He climbed up that ladder. People were going nuts, and then they did they nothing. They slammed the window so. on him. So yep. that's that. All right, the Kiss Me Arse match. Dolph Ziggler versus Sheamus. And you had a great line about uh, how you were reviewing this show and, and, and a line you had to put in your Fighting Spirit review, which uh, had me laughing at whatever time of the random night, morning I, I read it, but that was... Which line are you referring to, Rich? Because you let me said tell you something. something. I have a plethora of great lines. <laughs> no, this one in particular. In order. This, oh, what did you say for this one? Something about like, oh, and then Dolph Ziggler turned around and, and put him into his own ass or something like that. Oh, it right. Just, it's like, it was something it's, like that. I was I'm just like, oh, God. Up my fighting spirit review. And there's just the things that you type for a few <laughs> WWE shows are things that you would never think that you would type when, when reviewing a wrestling show. And it was basically, you know, and then Dolph, uh, you know, and then uh, Sheamus <laughs> punches Dolph in the balls. And rubs right. Dolph's yeah. head into his own ass cheek. Why would you right. ever type that in the context of a wrestling review? But that's what this company does to you. That's the kind of silly bullshit uh, that this company forces you to type. And um, you know what I didn't like about this was you know they had this was this was extreme. The show was extreme, Rich. Extreme. Oh, it was. And and they had five matches with stipulations. Okay, I don't know why every match didn't have a stipulation. The gimmick that all the matches was there. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, yeah. only five matches that stipulate and three and two of those five did not adhere to the stipulation. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, come on. So you know, basically at the end of the day, you have this entire show here, which is extreme rules and all these, and only three matches follow through with a stipulation and follow through with the given stipulation, which, right. I mean, I, you know, it's look, it's WWE. It's a nice little microcosm of, of you know, <laughs> everything that's weird about them I, right now. I hate but. to be a bitter nerd trademark, but I mean, these are things that, you know, they should, you know, uh, pay attention to, but, but yeah, it, look, I didn't like that they didn't, but you know, it looks like the feud's going to continue. Look, eventually, Seamus, yeah. Seamus's face is going to be in Dolph Ziggler's ass. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, they're building a. We thought that in New Japan, building a feud around sticking flagpoles up each other's asses was one thing, and now a month later in WWE, we have a feud built around two guys, you know, kissing each other's balloon knots, and it's like. What is going on in wrestling? Why are we <laughs> two, two supremely talented guys, too? It's, uh, you know, so I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. And I'll tell you, I'm a fan of, Shema, of Sheamus's new look. I'm a fan of his new direction. I'm a fan of his new entrance music. This was a guy who needed a fresh coat of paint. And you, yeah, and you, agreed. And you didn't realize he needed it until he got it. It was one of those weird deals. It's like they brought him back with a fresh coat of paint, song, look attitude and then you went you know what he really needed that and i never really thought of him that way but i i like what they're doing with him i just this whole thing about you know licking each other's buttholes it just it doesn't do it it's odd thing. yeah it, it doesn't do it yeah and i i enjoyed this match but then the ending got goofy and it sort of put a sour taste in my mouth and and i i think i went to uh two and three quarter here i i enjoy i thought because these guys are really good and like the, when they eventually just have a straight match and if it's given time and it's not centered around kissing someone's butt it, it's probably gonna be pretty good but here we are. Anyway, so gotta gotta tell some stories, Joe. So then uh, we moved on to a match that I think you're. You, you, I, I guess you're downplaying a little bit because you mentioned another match that uh, said there was only one match here that people said was very good to great. I thought this was really really good here. Uh, WWE tag team titles, uh, New Day, uh, new tag title, 
new title holders. Uh, they beat uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. I, I thought this was great. I thought it was a really, really good match. Oh, well, see, I thought it was the best match on the show, but I kind of thought I was an on an eye. I thought I was on an eye. No, I, no I, think there's, I think there's quite a few, and I'm, I'm looking at our Match of the Month uh, nominations because I put out there, uh, in, in case you didn't hear, we're, we're doing you know nominations right now, so if you have a match that you think is worthy of getting on there, put it on there, and we'll put it on. But yeah, that, that's one that's come up already a few times, and I was, I was kind of, I thought I was on the same island too, but people, people digged it, and I'm glad they did. It was, it was good. I thought it was the best match in the show, and I talked briefly last week. I'm really digging the tag team scene. Yes, and I am a guy. I really enjoy a varied and deep tag scene. Everybody knows my affinity for the late '80s WWF tag team scene. It's one of my favorite periods of time for wrestling period. And, and you're kind of, look, I don't want to go overboard yet, but you can kind of get that feel here because they've got a bunch of tag teams. Now they're starting to establish some tag teams and there's different levels. I mean, you've got your prelim team, you've got your teams like the Ascension who you really got to go deep. You got to, you know, you can't find them with a certain, you, you, you got to look to superstars. You got to look to the occasional main event episode to find them, but you know, that's okay. It's okay to have right. teams on the bottom and then they either get over and work their way up or they don't. You know what I mean? You've got the Lucha Dragons who are kind of in that in-between. They're, they're stuck in limbo. They're kind of like they're on the main roster, but they're still working the NXT shows. And that's okay. They got to work their way up. Those are the bottom-level teams. And you got your mid-level teams. And then you got these teams on the top like Kid and Cesaro and the new heel New Day, which we knew was an inevitability. And yeah. it's so much better with them as, as – Oh, God. It was so – yeah. It was, it was weird because I, I, I think everybody thought they were heels in the beginning. And then when they came out, it was like, oh, wait, okay. We're supposed to root for these guys. All right. Well, I didn't know that. You know, Sorry. Like, <laughs> like, sometimes if the fans turn you, you just have to go with it. And yeah. And and they're using it to their advantage. But you know, there's a lot of good things going on with the, with these tag teams, and 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 I like it, and I I really enjoyed this yeah. match. So. Um, it Go ahead. What I love too. Oh, sorry. What I was gonna say. What I love too, and, and they got away from this for a long time, and it was so weird. Is is having teams be teams? It's like when when these two guys are together. Now they start wearing the same gear. Now they come out to the same music. They look the same. They they do. You know, they have mannerisms. They have chemistry. For the longest time, I don't know. You remember? You know, the mid two thousands, the late two thousands. It would just be this guy and this guy are now a team. There they go, and they would nothing would change about the guys. You know, Chris Jericho and the Big Show. And nothing would change. The guys would be exactly the same. They would just happen to be a team. Whereas now you're really getting that, like you said, that 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 late '80s look and feel. Where okay, look, we're a team, so now we wear the exact same colors. We're, we're you know we're this, we're that. I mean, there, there's there's certain stuff that makes tag teams a lot more fun, and I I, I enjoy that too. It's it's colorful the, the the division right now. There's there's so many different looks and and vibes and teams. You know, the Lucha Dragons couldn't be any more different than New Day, and you know, the Ascension couldn't be any more different than than Kid and Cesaro. But still, they kind of work together, and it's it's a shame now that Usos get hurt because now would be a perfect time for them to be around. You, yeah, you know, but you know what? For the it's longest kind of, time they spent. I'll say this though. That might be a blessing in disguise because you know they'd be involved at, at the top. of True, you, you are getting some, some new. Teams. You're getting yeah. some new blood here. The Usos were kind of having that New Japan Junior Tag feel where it's like, okay, they're in every title match. Can we get some fresh blood going? Yeah, I, I got you there. Yeah, I wonder if they would vary it up, or they would just go with the security blanket of the Usos. But I, I, I suppose you're right. They probably would just continue to have them be, you know, the featured guys. So, so it's to that. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. I think it's it's. You know, you look at that NXT roster and it's deep as hell. I think there's a lot of other teams you can bring up there. I think, you know, they have a lot of ways to go, but I think like a Blake and Murphy could easily be just a, a superstars main event, you know, tag team or whatever. I don't think they, they're going to be, you know, superstars or whatever. But yeah, if, if you're trying to move guys in and out or whatever, I think, yeah, I would. And if I was a lower roster guy right now, when you look at a guy like Tyson Kidd and what he was able to do with his career and kind of resurrect it, 
hell, if I'm any you know any number of lower card guy, I would say shit, put me with somebody. You know what I mean? Like like an Adam Rose or, or whatever. I mean, he's, he'd be killing to be in one right now or something like that. He's just floating there doing nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good time and, and it's, it's always healthy when you have a strong tag division. I think I, I, I definitely stand by that. And I think it's, 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 it's obvious. I mean, we, we go through history when there's a strong tag division, it, it makes the whole show better. I mean, it makes, it, it helps guys get over it more than anything. Yeah. It, you know, Kid and Cesaro were dead, absolutely dead. And now they're, they're, they're way back up. Gives, just off the basis of this and even if they do this forever who cares you know like I, whatever pro- you know it gets them on the show puts them in a prominent position you got the matadors even at the nxt level where you've got um they're starting to do something with uh enzo and and and, and mm-hmm. cassidy again you got the vaude villains you got blake and murphy that you talked about so it's running pretty deep right now and i i i, I it's something that i'm really getting into yeah, I right, move on to something I was not into at all. The Russian chain match for the U.S. title. John Cena defeating Rusev. I mean, this was exactly what we said it was going to be. Utter trash. You know, yeah. it's, it's this, just awful. These matches are never good. I don't care what you call them. Basically, you call them whatever the ethnicity of the participants right. <laughs> are. It's either an Indian strap Or in the case of Ric Flair and, and Hulk Hogan, it's a Yappa Pie strap match, even though they're both white dudes. But yeah. that's all right. So, you know, whether it's Russian chain or, or if you got a cowboy involved, Texas it's a Texas rope, yeah. bull rope. And it's just, it's always the same bullshit with the, you know, it always comes down to both guys touching all three corners. And then <laughs> it's just, they always stink. I mean, there's just Just one time I want to see a guy get all four and just go, okay, that was easy. Or, you know, just get like, Get three in a row and then win. But no, it's always oh one and one, oh well, two and two, oh three and three, oh god. Like yeah, it's it's, it's no good. And it's like and and you know, I'm 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 not a big mark for guys beating each other up with a chain. I'm not really into that. Especially, you know, in a in a PG era WWE on top of that, where it's gonna, you know, you're beating a guy with a chain and you don't even bust them open. I don't know. It's we knew it would stink and it would stink. I think the bigger story yep. here is you know, they're in danger of making Rusev just a guy. And yep. it wasn't that long ago where, um, you know, he was undefeated. He was on fire. People were talking about, we want to see Rusev Lesnar. We want to see Rusev get a touch. Now he's, you know, he's losing this feud to John Cena, which is completely mental. <laughs> the last I, guy who needed to, to, to end the moment, the last guy who needed the rub. Of taking yeah, two out wins Rusev in a row over Rusev was is, John is Cena, John. the last guy, literally the last guy on the <laughs> roster who needed that rub was John Cena. I'm not exact. There was no one on the roster who needed to do that less than John Cena, and you know, and now that you know, look, eventually you knew they were going to do more with Lana, so I I get it, but it's way too soon. It is yeah, way too soon to break up this act. And we haven't talked WWE at length in a long time, and we took a couple weeks off from the show. But something that I had noticed, once they started having Rusev speak for himself more, and he's doing a good job. He's doing okay, he's do- all things considered. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a good job. But once they started having him speak for himself more, I knew that the clock was ticking yep. on this act. Mm-hmm. And, and they're splitting them up way too soon. They had him... You know, they, he should have never lost these two matches to Cena. It doesn't matter if he comes back and beats him. Look, even if he ultimately wins the feud now, which he probably will, which I hope he will, which he should, which who the hell knows. But it, I mean, geez, even if that occurs, these two losses to me did a lot of damage to his character. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, and it should have been Roman Reigns. Instead of Roman Reigns goofing around with Big Show, he should have been the one to end Rusev's win streak. He should be the one 
in this feud with Rusev right now, especially if the plan is to split up the act and then go in another direction with Rusev. Reigns should have been the one in this John yeah. Cena position. Exactly. Like you said, there, there's just no reason for John. We, we talk about it time and time again. I, I, I don't know why they don't. And they should see it, too. I mean, I, I, it's, it's maddening to me that they don't see it, that this guy, he's, he, it's not going to matter if John Cena loses. The kids aren't going to stop buying his merchandise because he. I think that guy, like you said, you always use the term Teflon. I feel like John Cena. You could have John Cena lose a year straight, and I don't know if people would care. He doesn't. He he's he's. He would come out the next week smiling like he always does, and whatever wins come and wins go, and like the same shit that he does anyway. Yeah. And it would the same thing would be. There you go. It's, 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 it's like, so stupid. Like nothing would change. I I really it's just it's maddening, and 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 there were people that made justifications for him winning at WrestleMania. Okay, whatever. I would love to hear someone make a justification for this one. This one made no sense. I was staring at my TV going, oh, huh. Look, okay. yeah, the, <laughs> like, the, the, Wrestle, huh. the WrestleMania argument of it's WrestleMania, you want to have the – okay, look, I disagree with it, but I get it. Yeah, but I'll let you have argument. it. I'll let you make that. We, we, can, <laughs> we can have a reasonable disagreement, and I can understand right. where you're coming from. There's no reason for him to win this feud. There's no reason for him to win just this so match. It just doesn't make any sense. And then the, uh, the the note in the Observer that I loved uh, about Lana is that they're they're considering going back to her her normal name, the CJ, because of Baywatch, because oh, the cachet that Pamela Anderson has on modern society. Twenty years ago, like I was late to the party on on Pamela Anderson. I mean, I I was in high school when Pam Anderson was a thing, and right, it's like no, and, and my <laughs> and and. You know, they just had their 20-year reunion last summer. Yeah, so would, it, would like, an 18-year-old care about Pamela Anderson? They all know who like, she is. An eight-year-old gonna, right, that's what I mean. Like, I don't really know. If you if you asked an 8-year-old off the street who CJ was from Baywatch, I don't know if they would know that. No, they don't. I don't know they, if they would know what Baywatch is. Like, No, I, I they wouldn't. I mean, you know, no. Like, I was late to that. Like, I am, I, you know, I was born in 1987 or whatever. That show's big run was done, you know. Anyone younger than you would struggle with Pam Anderson. Exactly. Right. Right. You know, especially. I mean, I was a huge VIP fan, so that's how I know Pam Anderson. But <laughs> Jeez. remember that show? Remember do that you show have Barb Wire on DVD? I do. I actually <laughs> saw. I, I saw Barb Wire in theaters. Did you? I was dating a girl. Oh, oh God, that's a terrible who, date. No, no, listen. I no. She. I was dating a girl who badly wanted to bang Pam Anderson. Like oh okay her, well then that was the movie to go to then her, never mind her celebrity crush was Pam Anderson but the the problem you, you see I know what you're thinking Rich you're thinking oh Joe you were that that's great you might have been getting some of that old Eric Bischoff HLA you know no listen the worst thing in the world was that this girl had a celebrity crush on Pam Anderson because she she held herself to the Pam Anderson standard and could uh, yeah it. and then she had like depression and mental issues. And it's oh, like th- this was the, it was the worst relationship I yeah. ever had because she was constantly doubting her. And this was a, a very beautiful girl, Rich. No, but not you, Pam Anderson. You know I don't gutter. Because... Listen, you know I don't gutter slum, Rich. This was a beautiful no, I girl. Know. Okay, I got high standards, which is why I'm single. But you know, it, but but you, she was holding herself to these Pam Anderson standards, and it. She was looking back, knowing what I know now, she was depressed. I didn't know in, in the moment. I didn't know what, you know, right. but now I know she was depressed because she was holding her. So it was not a good thing. But anyway, I saw a barbed wire in the theaters with, and, and the girl had a bigger crush on Pam Anderson than I did. I well, was then she had a, she Anderson. had a great time then. Well, then she loved that movie. Cause it, it gets you going right away then. If you barbed like. wire. Oh yeah. It's a very trashy like film. Four seconds into the mat, <laughs> the movie. It's just boom, booms. Okay. All right. You know, listen, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'd kick Pam Anderson out of bed. 
obviously a gorgeous woman in her prime. I've never been a big fan of the blondes. i got to be honest, Rich. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I've never been a big fan of the blondes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never been in a relationship with a blonde. I've had activities with blondes. I've never been in a relationship with blondes. I prefer a darker-haired lady. I do, too. Obviously. And that's why we do this podcast. And that's why we – well, yeah, obviously, because I'm not planning on marrying one. So, hopefully. I was like, yeah, I know I like blondes a lot better than brunettes, but too bad. I guess I'll marry this brunette. So, anyway, moving on. Yeah, that, that was that match. I gave it uh, two and a quarter. I, I hated it. I thought it was awful. Speaking of darker-haired ladies, see that segue? This is – we're, we're, we're having good segues so far today. Listen, everyone, we're going to ruin it later. We're going to ruin it later. You might be but. the intro guy, but I'm definitely the segue guy. I had a good one when the, the things I didn't enjoy, the Russian chain match. I so You're right. I've been okay so far. Excellent point. Divas Championship. Nikki Bella, the always improving, the ever improving, constantly improving. Nikki Bella versus Naomi, who was light years better than Nikki Bella here. So I don't know what that makes her, but. Nikki Kenta Kobashi Bella taking on <laughs> Naomi here. And um, Naomi was better in this match, like light years better. Uh, right? Yeah, I don't know. I was, I think she was. So I I I I, that, I can't imagine how good Naomi is then if, if Nikki Bella is ever improving. It was a match. Yeah. I mean, you know, Naomi has the potential to be tremendous. Um, I really think, she, you know, she came around two or three years too soon. It would have done her wonders to be with the current group in NXT, working with those girls. Um, so, you know, I don't know if, if she'll ever reach that potential. I mean, athletically, she's tremendous. I mean, as an athlete, you know, you know, much better athlete than someone like Nikki Bella, but Nikki Bella is a better wrestler right now. And, you know, I know Nikki Bella was a soccer player. Don't start tweeting me, but (laughs) you know, you you know, you look at them and, you know, Naomi clearly has a far superior athletic ability. Uh, Nikki Bella still kind of has that, um, at times, still kind of has that newborn giraffe feel to her. Yeah, she, she. You know that sometimes the women's wrestlers sometimes, and let's be honest about it. And who the fuck cares if people get mad? They're all mad at me already for years of this stuff. But, but look, sometimes these women wrestlers, let's be honest, they look like newborn giraffes in the ring. Okay, it's very awkward. They look like Bambi trying to run on ice. Right. And and you know Nikki used to be like that. She has improved. All jokes aside. But, uh, you know, there's still women on the main ride, like Eva Marie, before they sent her away for a sabbatical, was definitely right. a newborn giraffe. Anytime Rosa Mendez even tried to get in the ring was... was... Rosa Mendez, newborn giraffe. Summer Rae, newborn giraffe. Uh, you know, we can go right down the line. And what they've done in NXT is, like, they've eliminated that. It's going to be very hard now for these newborn giraffes to get to the main roster. Right, Just they're going to stick out like a sore thumb, yeah. Yeah. So, um... And I, so I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. But the point is, this was just a match. So yeah, I, I, really I, I enjoyed it probably a little bit more than most people. I thought I thought it was okay, but I went two and three quarter, and that I think I was like the highest that I could I could find on that because I thought it was okay, and I thought Naomi stood out to me. I thought she looked really good here, and I, like you mentioned, that the athleticism is there, and it's 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 going to be a lot of refinement for her. But you see that there's the potential there, and and uh, the biggest <laughs> aspect of this match that was just baffling, and and again, it it, it speaks to this company as a whole is okay. So Naomi turns heel, what, a week earlier? Full-fledged heel. Uh, comes out basically doing Sasha Banks. Uh, a week earlier. Right. But, uh, yeah, essentially, you know, they're doing come on, and they're getting the crowd to cheer them. And, and so we got it. So the heel-face dynamic, we're perfect. Naomi comes out. She's very cocky. She's wearing light-up shoes. She, you know, we got it. Naomi the heel. Nikki Bella, the Bellas, the face. The Bellas cheat, and they win. 
and Naomi sits in the ring and gets really mad. I'm, I'm, you know what? I was just going to blow this match off. I'm so glad you brought that up because I forgot. What the fuck was that? <laughs> they, 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 they turned to Bella's face simply because they're on a magazine cover. Right. That's the only reason they turned him face. So Naomi had to be a heel because of that. Because, you know, God forbid they do a heel-heel or face-face match. Can't do that. So they turn Naomi heel, and then you're right, and then the Bellas cheat. Right, and then Naomi is disappointed in the ring and doing the baby face, like, ah, oh, I'll get her next time. It's like, it's like, did they turn? Was it another double turn? I mean, it, I don't know. This wasn't exactly Bret Hart, Steve Austin here, but was this another double? Was Close. this a double turn? I, I, I mean, don't. geez. And, you know, this I need is... to update my article. I did the Double Turns in You article about a year and a half ago. I need to update it now with this one. Apparently. Classic double turn. How? Who will yeah. ever forget this double turn? I, I, you almost did, but I don't know how. Yeah. Okay, well that was that was that. So we'll move on. Uh, last man standing match: Roman Reigns versus Big Show. Uh, I really I, I enjoyed this for what it was. It 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 had a lot of the tropes that you would kind of get with it with the WWE main event, and especially sometimes with the last man standing match. Um, overall, I, I thought it was good. I thought Big Show played his role pretty well. I thought Jimmy, uh, I just said Jimmy Butler because I was just watching the Bulls game at the side. Uh, Roman Reigns, Jimmy, but not even close. Roman Reigns, I thought played his role. Uh, well as well, and he he had another I thought pretty decent match and a, and a good you know WWE main event style match. There was some things that annoyed me though, especially the one thing I, I really couldn't get over and it almost knocked. I think it probably knocked a half a star off for me is you do the spear spot where he you know jumps up onto the stairs and spears Big Show from a top of a table, you know through another table or whatever. Perfect. I thought that was great. Good. We're done. That's your big moment. And then he just has to do a little bit more because the subtlety hammer just can't be enough. He has to turn the announce table over on Big Show. And then that's the reason why Big Show can't get up. Not because Roman Reigns beat him up so much. No, because there's a table on him. So You're reading my mind, man. This is all the stuff. So the, the, the most over competitor in WWE is the table. Because that's not right. I mean, anybody can throw a table on a guy, right? Like, are we supposed to think it's... Who cares about superhuman strength of moving a table? Like you're right. It's, I don't get it. It's like why? Well, like I, I think you tweeted out that yeah, just stand over his body. Like it's one of the things that really bothered me about the match. It's they watered down the finish. You, yeah. He didn't need to turn that table over on him. He just needed to stand over the dead carcass of the slayed giant with his fist in the air, and, right. and, and, and that would have been a lot stronger than pinning him down with the table. And well, we talked about with the Okada uh, um, big Balak Folly match not that long. What was that? You know, about a month ago or whatever, where Okada finally takes down the giant and he steps on it. It's over, so he just steps on his dead carcass and, and does the rainmaker. Completely disrespects him. And, and the end. Yeah. I've defeated the giant. The giant is slayed. I am the man. It was definitive, and it was it was a statement. And this, they watered it down. That that spear spot was tremendous. Great, really good. Leave it at that. He killed him with the spear. Leave him at that. It's crazy. You know, it, there's a lot of things that bothered me about this. This match was the old VKM special because this was the superhero, Roman Reigns, surviving a million different instances of, of death-defying stunts that should have killed him to the point of overkill. This was once yep. again Bobby Lashley at December to dismember in the Elimination Chamber, and a million other examples you can come up with in the history of this company where Vince decides, if we're going to get this guy over, we have to get him over as superhuman. But yeah. it, but it really, and it, it, all it does is it comes off as overkill. Um, at, at this match, at, at some point, I threw up my hands because it just got silly. It just got completely silly, um, you know, what, what, uh, what Roman Reigns was overcoming. Whereas 
as contrast, in the WrestleMania match against Brock Lesnar, his comeback was just at the right time to where it didn't come off silly before the cash-in. So yeah. this match, though, was overkill. I didn't like anything about it. I'm sick and tired of these last-man-standing matches. I, I, the last-man-standing matches where, you know, the constant counts to 10, I just I, – I, I can't do it, Rich. I just don't like them. Um, there's something about them I don't like. I, I just – it's – I, I don't know. I don't like the stip. I thought this was overkill, and I thought they ruined the finish by flipping the table on him. So, I, I look, I, a lot of people love this match. I didn't really love this match. This match didn't really do a ton for me at all. Yeah, one of the interesting aspects of this match, too, and I think people are sort of – at the time, people were talking about it, but then uh, reading you know subsequent reviews, nobody was really getting into it that much. Is It was a weird dynamic, too, because you have Big Show, who refuses to use any weapons, who, again, is the heel, and Roman Reigns, who just gladly will use any weapon that Big Show's not going to use, and he's supposed to be the babyface, the, the overcoming the odds babyface, which is just a weird, weird way to do it, but yep. whatever. I, it's, you can't think that hard. I mean, that, that's the thing, and I think that's probably why people are forgetting it, too, because it's like – Whatever. I mean, if, if you go into WWE thinking of, hmm, okay, how is this, you know, how's this going to play into a long-term story of these guys, Psyche and Carrie? It's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but here's so. the thing. This isn't the third match on the show. This is their hand-picked guy. You have to, right. you can micro-analyze this because it's Roman Reigns. And this is, this is a very important period of time in the development of Roman Reigns. So if you're going to micro-analyze a match, this is the kind of match that, that deserves that to be micro-analyzed. It, yeah. Yeah, so that was a. Otherwise, I, I didn't. I, I don't think I hated it as much as you. I, I, I went three and a half. I, I enjoyed it though for, for what it was. But yeah, the, I, I probably was gonna go four. But that ending, man, I really, 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 really hated that ending. I thought that was just so silly to do that. But you know, that's that's, and that's why they're guys, and that's why people resent a lot of these guys. Is nobody wants nobody wants to cheer for superhumans anymore. You know, I think it, it's, it is it's, too. They don't want to completely bury Big Show, and it's like, come on, man, he's been, it's okay. He's been around, yeah, it's he's been, fine. He's been around since nineteen ninety nine. Right. I mean, Pamela Anderson was still relevant when <laughs> Big Show debuted. And, and like, he's going to be long gone when the guy that he's facing, you know, you're hoping is going to draw millions of dollars for you. It's okay right. if he makes him look bad. You know, it's, <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of guys that are being protected for no reason, uh, Steel Cage match. WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins defeating Randy Orton. Kane is the gatekeeper, and pretty much the focal point of this entire fucking match was Kane. And God, I hated this match so much. I went two stars, and that was probably generous. I hated, hated, hated this match. This was uh, this was a Rand- this was a Randy Orton pay per view main event. You know, this is this is this is what Orton has been doing for you know ten years or whatever it is, stinking it up and having average matches, and 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 really not living up to his potential in terms of yeah. ring work. Um, cause he could be a lot better. Uh, but I mean, and yeah, you know, the Kane stuff, look, Kane has been very good in his role. Um, and, and the story they're telling is fine. In fact, I kind of like the story they're telling. The problem is I don't like that. It's Kane that they're telling it with. Right. It could be anybody. Else. You have all of these uh, monsters on your roster who are 10 years younger than the guy. Yeah. Well, I thought that was an interesting point. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I know not everybody reads your superstars reviews, but I think you mentioned it in one of your, your, your most recent one is that you have a guy like you have guys like Harper and Rowan and you always beat that over the head that, that these guys, why aren't these guys your monsters? We always talk about them as young guys. They're not young guys. No, like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're experienced, you know, older, like what, what 35 and 32, right? They were the two examples I used in the superstars review. And my point was, they're younger than Kane. They have more right. upside at this point than Kane in the big show. 
why not put them in the Kane and Big Show roles to get the rub of being in the authority, to get the rub of working in the main events? And so you could basically extend the life and have two new monsters for the next 10 years who are fresh. And in the case of Harper, can work his ass off as an added bonus. And in the case of Rowan, is no worse at this point than somebody like Kane or Big Show is at this point. You know what I mean? Right, it's exactly. Like, so why not get these guys over in, in, in these roles? And, and, and the fact of the matter is you have to shit or get off the pot now because – one of them's 35 and the other one's 30. That's what I meant. Yeah, that, that's what I thought was interesting is we're like, oh, there's time, there's time, there's time. There's really there's not, not time. Like these, they're, a combined, right. they're, they're a combined 68 years old. So right. we're not dealing with, with two hot young prospects here either. These guys right. are in, in, in five years. You can give them the rub. Yeah, in five in years, these guys might right be. Now. In five right, years, right, they're going right. to be over their prime. Okay, in five years, they're going to be a couple years younger than Kane is now. I mean, you have to do it now. And really – I don't care who you want. There, there's other options on there. You know, whoever you want it to be, Big E, Baron Corbin. I don't give a shit. You should be trying somebody else in these roles and getting them over. Pick somebody and get them over. It's what you talked about uh, at the beginning of this review. Start getting some people over. And this is an opportunity. Two uh, authority henchmen was a perfect opportunity to get two new guys over, or at least attempt to. Uh, you know, ha, you know, Luke Harper should have been in this Kane role. You know, and look, maybe he would have fell on his face. Maybe he he couldn't deliver the promos the way he can. I don't know, but at least you got to try, man. Let's find out. Yeah, let's let's try to find out, please. So yeah, it was a nothing match. It was the Randy Orton special, and you know, the Kane stuff. Look, look again, another cage match where three people managed to get inside the cage. Right, constantly, almost and, constantly. And, and it's like throughout could, the match, yeah. yeah. And it's like they could they could really use these cage matches to uh, end feuds the right way and draw money and put baby faces over at the end of long programs. But they just look, that's not what they're going to do. Right. They're never going to do that. This traditional, but, but it really is pissing money down the toilet because yeah, if, and, and that's... if you taught the audience that if, if you did 10 straight cage matches now where the heels tried to get in the ring, but couldn't and the heel inside the ring lost to the baby face definitively, and told the story of, see, when I get him one-on-one and he doesn't get any help, I'm better than him. If you did 10 of those in a row, okay, you might be able to draw some money with the 11th one. Or put somebody, uh, put over, uh, get some, a new face over with the 11th one. If you can recondition your, but they're just not, into, they, 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 these are simple tools that have been used since the beginning of time in wrestling that this company has destroyed. They've destroyed these simple right. tools. And, and it, it, it's really mind-blowing sometimes. You know, a cage match used to be a very easy tool to tell, to end a very, to tell and end a very simple story. And they've completely blown it. People expect interference with a cage match. Right, and, and that's what I was going to say is now, I'm at the point now where, where I'm not going to complain about it anymore because now, when it, now I'm going to be shocked if there's a WWE cage match where there isn't somebody coming in every two seconds. Right. Like like we're at we're at a point now where let's not even bitch about how they do cage because it's 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 that's the way they do cage matches now. Right. To them, a cage match is is people and, and it's funny. I, I saw some tweets from people that are younger than us that said it was kind of and it was interesting. It was kind of telling because you know how you and I think of a cage match is way different than and someone said, oh I you know I hate I don't get the point of a cage match if you're just trying to run away from the other guy. It's a good point. And they're they're absolutely right and they're absolutely right. But the problem is these kid. I mean he's 18 years old or whatever. This kid that I saw tweeting that out. And I went, yeah, you know what? You don't know what a real cage match is. 
We have you don't know yeah, what a real cage match is for. Yeah, good point. Like, you are you are absolutely right. Why? What is the point of a cage match if the point is to run away from the guy? And You're it, absolutely right, but you don't know any better. You don't know that it's not that. An entire generation of fans don't know the purpose <laughs> of a cage match. Right, and and it's not their fault. They, they unless they go and watch you know old tapes, they would have no idea because that's what they've seen in the last eighteen years is two guys get in the ring. Everybody tries to get out of the ring as quick as possible, and everybody, uh, the guys in the ring try to get out as quick as possible, and the guys outside the ring try to get in as quick as possible. That's that's all they know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I thought of that, and I was like, "You idiot!" And I was like, "Oh wait, yeah, you wouldn't know that. Like you wouldn't know that. That's it's not what a cage match is for." But and it's not supposed to happen in the middle of a feud. <laughs> right, to build to another match. But here we are. Oh God! Well, that was extreme rules. It was extreme, Joe. Man, we really came off as those guys. I know. Well, let, you know what? I think we have. A, I think if they if they stick around for this part, because I'm about to praise them a little bit here for a decision they made. Granted, they made it ridiculously quick and 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 out of nowhere. But the decision to have the King of the Ring special on Tuesday, we we uh, you know we don't necessarily need to break down the King of the Ring you know events. We have a review up on the site if you want to see it. If not, you know it's on the WWE Network right now. You can go check it out. But I thought one of the interesting things was. Halfway through that paper, you get the you know Michael Cole announcing, "Hey, the King of the Ring finals are going to be this Tuesday." And at first, I'm going, "What in what what what? <laughs> like what is going on? What what in God's name?" And I have friends text me, "Wait, when is the King of the Ring? When did it start?" What did, I was like, "Okay, it's it's it, so it started Monday. They had the, the the intros Monday, whatever. Then they get to the finals, the semifinals, and the finals on Tuesday for a network special." Here's the part we're going to praise them because I don't think enough people were making you know enough enough noise about this this is great this is what should be happening all the time with the network this is why you have a network is to do stuff like this yeah this was great i i completely agree this i love the kind it. of stuff they need to be doing on the network and this is the kind of stuff where i i i i love that they start something for free on monday night on raw and tell you if you want to see the end buy the network Right, which is great, which is the kind of stuff they should have been doing, and it, it's throwing all of us a bone because I've gotten to the point where the only time I put on the network is uh, to watch the pay per views, and it's and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are the same way, and you want people to constantly be coming back to the network and watching it all the time so that they, that they don't feel like it's disposable, so people don't feel like ah, I could cancel this because I could just watch a stream of the pay per view and I don't care about superstars or main event, you know, and it's like you don't want people even having that cross their mind. And if you do things like this, it won't. And this was really only the second time in 14 months right. that they've stepped out of that zone and done something a little different. You know, the other time was the Rusev uh, Sheamus match, which was post raw. So uh, this is a great idea. I, 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 I really wish they would do more things like this uh, and utilize the network to its full abilities instead yeah, of just I, using, you know, legend house reruns for the live stream. God, the live, like this on the live stream. <laughs> the live stream. And, and and this week has been their big week where they're going to roll out a lot of original programming. And if you if you heard the conference call and, and if you're familiar kind of what, what's been going on, you know, it, you know, with the the business side of WWE, they're, they're realizing that, too, that the original content, they really have to invest in that and really start doing stuff with that, which is great. And, and it, it's absolutely the thing to do. The problem, though, is, you know, a few weeks ago, we broke down a lot of the shows. Unfortunately, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan waiting for your, your uh, you know, the, the remainder of your WCCW tapes, uh, don't think you're going to get that. You're going to get a Jerry Springer show about Sable taking her clothes off. So Yeah, and you sorry, know what? But... The fact of the matter is that's our fault because let me tell you something. If the old world-class episodes were at the top of the list of things people were watching, if the old ECW episodes were at the top of the list of things people were watching, they'd roll out more territories. Right. You know, obviously no one's watching that stuff. And what people are watching is Total Divas and, um, you know – 
whatever, because that's the direction they're going to go. Legends House, because that's the direction they're going with the original product. And I can't fault them for that. No, not absolutely. They have to put stuff on the network that they think is going to generate people to, to pay for the network. And, and, and you know, they, they see what people are watching. Um, you know, they have the numbers. And, you know, it's, it's – I wish they would throw people like us a bone too and, you know, you know throw us a full year of Georgia championship wrestling and, uh, or throw us a full year of what other, whatever other, you know, blow the dust off of some territory and give us something. But look, it's, it's not going to be a priority because obviously people weren't watching it. Um, the other problem is they, you know, maybe people aren't watching it because, you know, they give you 20 episodes of world-class and then just let them sit there. It's like, people want to binge watch. You need to give us right. more. You know, and, and they haven't done that either. They haven't even. Well, they have the they have the Attitude Era Raws up there, Joe. So if you started watching all through 1998 when you missed and, and stopped watching because you or did, were, did you watch all through? When did you officially say I'm, well, I'm never kinda, completely this. threw my hands? But there was definitely a period of time during the Attitude Era where I did not go out of my way to watch Raw. It was the kind of thing where, oh, if I'm home on a Monday night, I'll flip between that and a baseball game. You know what I mean? I was actually more into. I was more into WCW slowly dying than I was into WWF oh, at that time. So I was, I was I'm right there with you. I was yeah. all over the WCW. I found that situation fascinating. Um, Vince Russo's Crash TV and I guess, you know, the post-Russo period where it was just, you know, The Rock and Triple H having the same crowd brawl. And I, that never – none of that ever appealed to me. It's just not my cup of tea and never was. So – I mean, I'm not completely unfamiliar with it, but it's not something I'm going to go. I'm not going to go back and watch that. I'm going to watch your 1998 Attitude Eras. And that's I've told all my friends, and again, because, you know, they, that was always the say. And, they, you know, you can watch some of the pay-per-views or whatever. But, man, the Raws really show, like, yeah, your Golden Attitude Era, there's a lot of bullshit on those shows. They're really, really Everybody not good Everybody wearing shows. black Junko jeans. And, um, yeah. you know, it's it's – and everyone having the same meats and beaver cleaver and just, it's just so weird. A lot of crap. Now, what I would watch, <laughs> as opposed to the Raws, is if they put up the Sunday Night Heats, if they put up Velocity. Well, Velocity, I guess, was a few years. Later. That was a few years. <laughs> yeah. Later. But you I, want Shotgun Saturday? I'm waiting for my Shotgun, Shotgun Saturday, Saturday Night. I watch that Dude, stuff. I binge watch the fuck out of Shotgun Saturday Absolutely. Night. Absolutely. I'm, I'm way more into the B and C shows. Yeah, but it's like I, you know, the, the, the Raws do nothing for me. But King of the Ring, we kind of veered off path here. Um, the 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 special. Now let forget about the Raw matches. Let's just focus on the special that they did on Tuesday night. Was that live or was it like fake live? I think it was real live. I'm almost positive it was real live. Okay, it was because if like they were taping Moline, if they were in Moline, it might have been an hour delay or whatever. But yeah, if they're in Moline, I mean they're in Central Time Zone, and and that was what that was seven nine Eastern, wasn't it? Oh, was nine Eastern for you guys? Okay, was it eight? Or no, no, no. I, I thought it started at seven. No, I, I could swore it, I could be it wrong. started at seven, I, yeah. seven Central. I could have swore it started at seven because I, I thought it was eight Central. But but I remember I was looking at my phone. I was like, oh shit, I missed you know part of it. So it was eight. I think yes, yeah. So I think I think that's probably pretty close. I mean, if not, probably maybe an hour delay. Maybe they started so at what, six. So what they and, do? They did it. They did it before the SmackDown taping. I believe so. I'm almost positive that's what they did. Okay. But so yeah, I mean the the Sheamus Neville match. I didn't like that because I don't like the, you know, Ziggler coming out. The old distraction finish. Yeah, that was – we could have done yeah, without that. Yeah, but the, but the – I mean, you know, Barrett had a little match with R-Truth and then uh, – which was fine. And then you know, the Barrett-Neville finals we kind of talked about earlier. It was a nice little match. Yeah. And, I, I wish it went a lot, a lot longer. And that, I think that's going to be one of the things where if you do these specials, 
I don't think it's a big deal to just have these dudes go out there and wrestle for 25 minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're not going to your TV. You're going to your hardcores. The hardcores are the ones that are going to transfer over and watch this sort of stuff. You give them, give them long. I, I'm almost positive that if you put a 25 minute match between two good guys on the network, people would be okay with it. Yeah. I think the TV audience, I think the USA audience, yeah, I get why they don't do that. I understand, but I, I really think if you did said on the network we're having, we see it from the NXT specials, and, and you know we don't know the exact numbers or whatever of exactly who's watching it, but I'm, I'm fairly confident that if you said, hey, you know what, we're going to have two matches in this hour special, people would be A-OK with that if they both went 25 minutes. This, you know? this was, these three matches, it was, seven, it was roughly 17 minutes of bell-to-bell wrestling in a one-hour special. I don't know how that compares to a typical hour of WWE programming. Um, I would guess it's a little on the low side, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we need, I, we, need we need Chris Harrington for that. Yeah, we'll call the the Mookie uh, <laughs> the Mookie radar here. The Mookie, the Mookie signal. Pirate. Signal. That's it. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you, if he's on Twitter and he's free, he'd probably come back with an answer. But I don't know what a typical hour of programming has. Um, 17 minutes sounds a little low. Not drastically low, though. Because you figure what? It's right off the bat, you lose 16 minutes. What is it? 44 minutes, and then the rest of the time is commercials. So you lose uh, you know, 16 minutes to commercials right there. So in 44 minutes, are they giving you 17 minutes of wrestling in a typical hour of WWE programming? I can't imagine they are. So that might even be a little high. Now that you're yeah, breaking it down shocked. that way. Yeah. But here's the thing. This was commercial free. Right. So you can't really you, – you can't give them a pass. You can't compare it to, you know, a, a televi- to a Raw or a SmackDown with commercials. I guess you'd have to compare it. But then again, even something like Superstars, you know, the only reason that's commercial free on the network is because they're chopping the commercials out. But those don't run 60 minutes. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you figure it out. But I bet you it's close to average. But, no, you know, the longest match was seven minutes. So, you know, they could have given you a, a lot. Look, I, the final didn't feel short to me, though. To no, honest. no, it was good. It was fine. No, it was it was it was, it was a decent length. But, yeah, I, I, I had sort of wished the other two previous ones were a little bit longer, too, because those those kind of felt like raw matches when they didn't need to be. I thought they could have could have given them a little bit more life and a little bit more time. But it, it's fine. You know what? They did it on a TV taping. You know, they can't fuck around with time and screw it up. You know, exactly. It's fine. Sure. Look, and they'll live and learn. I think the overall concept of the entire thing was perfect. And I, I hope they do it more. And apparently, you know, according to Dave, you know, in today, uh, you know, this week's Observer, it, it's something they're planning on doing, you know, in the future. Not necessarily King of the Rings, but but something like that, which is fine. I think this should be uh, maybe not every month, but every other month type deal. I, I think you could get into a solid rotation of pay-per-view, NXT special, random special, this sort of stuff. But original content, man, I mean, that that's... That's what drive. We we've been saying it from the beginning, and people were told us, "No, you're wrong." We're saying, "Well, you know," and 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 smart people knew it too because they looked at Netflix and they looked at when Netflix took off was because of House of Cards, because of Orange is the New Black, not because people were watching binge watching old seasons of whatever that helped. It was good, but there was a certain limit on that. It's the new stuff, and we said it from the beginning, and and they didn't really invest in it. They had WrestleMania Rewind, and that was it. <laughs> you know, like. That was it. And then and th- those were nothing really special either. And then, you know, they countdown, things like that. Yeah, countdown. And, the, you know, they did the Monday Night War and that, that was still whatever. Now they're really getting serious about it and having stuff that really is different and, and, and counterproductive to the way they, they, they do normal business. And we said the whole thing about the network is you got to change the way you do business. And, and this is this is a start. And I, I hope to do it more. I and hope you know, it, it, wasn't, is, uh, you know, it is wrestling. And I'm sure the pay-per-views are the most viewed things on the network. 
Oh, certainly. And I'm sure the uh, the NXT specials uh, do very well. If they're not number two, they're probably in the top five and certainly in the top ten. So, you know, it is still wrestling. You give people original wrestling content, live wrestling content, they're going to put it on. So, look, I'm not going to nitpick. I'm, I thought it was a nice surprise to have something to watch on Tuesday night. Exactly. And, and we talked about that, too, of, of just putting a house show up there. MSG house show. Boom. That should be up there. You know, we talked about the, 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 the Japan house show where they, they introduced Kenta. Perfect. Put that up there. I mean, put just throw some cameras. It doesn't always have to be. And that's I think that's a problem. And I, I think you mentioned it last week is they're very image conscious. So I don't know if they're ever going to be OK with just saying, look, we don't have the full crew here. We'll just do three cameras or whatever. No we'll just pyro, do, you know, no big stage, right. not the big Titan Tron or whatever. I, yeah, I don't know. I I'd like, they're very conscious about that, but I think again, you got to change the way you think it, it. I think it's okay. I mean, we're going to talk about some shows here that weren't, you know, major shows that were under, you know, not great lights, but they were still, you know, decent shows. And I think a decent amount of people watched them. So speaking of Kenta, did you see the 20 minute Kenta I did. documentary yes. on NXT a couple weeks ago? Now, what I really loved about it was, number one, it broke format of the NXT show. And I love the fact uh, – the other day I watched 20 straight hours of wrestling, which I'm not proud of. I legitimately watched 20 straight hours of wrestling. <laughs> That's I, impressive. I woke up early in the morning. I had the day off. I was so behind on everything. I watched four or five episodes of Main Event. I watched four episodes of Superstars. I watched about six or seven episodes of NXT. I watched um, – oh, and then, and then I was uh, I was up so late that I ended up watching half of the New Japan Eye pay-per-view that morning. <laughs> live. <laughs> live. So in total, I ended up watching something like 20 hours of wrestling, and I squeezed in a two-and-a-half-hour Reds game in between. So That's my, an impressive day. My That's eyes a good day, though. Bleeding. Uh, That's a great my, day, though. Well, that was the King Let's of the Ring honest. day, too. King of the Ring. So you know that was Tuesday. Tuesday going into Wednesday. So – and what I really liked – binge watching as we're talking about binge watching here as binge watching NXT that day was I love how they kind of broke up, you know, NXT every week is from full sale. It's the same format. And I didn't realize how stale that format was until they showed matches from Columbus, Ohio. And then they showed matches from WrestleMania weekend. And then on that WrestleMania weekend episode where they showed the little Andre tournament, they showed that 20 minute, uh, a, a, a Tommy documentary, which was great. That was great. They're never going to do it in a million years. We know that because the raw uh, uh, format is so regimented and they're so stuck in their fucking ways. If you do things like that for people on the roster, whether it's Hideo Itami or, or whoever else, Roman Reigns would be a perfect person to do it for. Yeah. You do something like that on Raw. Whoever you do it for is going to be more over than they were before. That was tremendous. You know, the stuff with his little boy. How adorable was that with his little kids? Oh, yeah. And his son's like fucking around with Tyler Breeze playing the video <laughs> yeah, right. game and his son tapping him on the shoulder. It humanizes these guys. And it, Bingo. it gets them over on a different kind of level because you see them as people instead of these wacky characters. It, and that's I was going to bring that up that, that up when we were talking about Roman Reigns and I said you know nobody wants to cheer for superhumans anymore and that's that's absolutely I mean you look at you look at comic you look in the comic world you look at these comic movies you look at you, you even, even stick with wrestling you look at a guy like Sami Zayn who's the most over guy in NXT for a big reason is because people like the guy that's behind the character he's they, they understand he's relatable that he's a, yeah he's not a fucking superhuman that they don't that you know because Vince always oh I want these superheroes that you know women want to be with and men want to be 
and no, nobody, no, people want to cheer for guys that they can hang out with, a guy that they could see on the street and go, hey, I'm a big fan of you. Like, I think that's a big thing that's fueling independent wrestling these days. And 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 you could say some of that is social media as well as the fact that these guys, I mean, they're they're really, really good at wrestling, but it's cool that after the show, you can kind of say, hey, what's up? Or, you know, have a human conversation with them. And, and they're real people that you you can, as you said, relatable. Like, I, I think today's society doesn't want to cheer for superheroes. Relatable Nobody cares. It's boring as shit. Relatable characters rooted in some sort of reality have always been. I mean, look at Kevin Owens. The guy's a prick and the guy's a heel, but you can relate to his motivations. Right. Here's a guy. I have a family and I want to put food in their exactly. mouth. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll do what, I'll do whatever it takes to take care of my family. And that's an extension of his real life personality. If you mm-hmm. follow him on Twitter, if you know anything about his personal life, it's pretty clear that this guy is fucking dad of the year. Okay, this guy loves his fucking family. Look, everyone loves their family. But this guy, his soul look, you he never tweets about I've seen, I've seen his daughter. I've seen his daughter more than I've seen like Listen, pictures of my own family. He doesn't tweet about yeah. hobbies. He doesn't tweet about shit except wrestling and his family. And and, and playgrounds and This yeah, is an extension of him. And you and even though he's a heel, you at least under, you, you can relate to his motivations, even if he's going about it in an asshole way because he happens to be a heel at the moment. People right. want relatable characters in this day and age. And that 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 Kenta thing. Those two moments, his kids, his kids fucking around with Tyler Breeze, and then the other moment that 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 really humanized him and made him real and and was really something that that I enjoyed seeing and really was kind of surreal was after he was eliminated from the Battle Royal and he walked to the back and once he got out of sight of the fans, he kind of just went down on one knee and had a moment of reflection. And said, I, you know, I was thinking to himself, probably, I, holy shit, I just worked in front of 60,000 fans on a WrestleMania card, you know? And then they showed him in the back and the wrestlers coming up to him and shaking his hand and Big Show coming up to him and saying, I love to work you again. Tremendous job. Thank you very much. It was just also, it was just, you just saw different sides of these guys. Yeah. And, it, and, and that, that stuff is just tremendous. And, and, and you, 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 look, you're never going to get that on Raw. I get it. But they really should break format from time to time and do things like this for the right people. Okay? You don't do it for Zack Ryder. Okay? No disrespect to Zack Ryder. But there's no point doing it for, you know, uh, Los Matadors. Okay? But, you know. Something like that for Roman Reigns that shows the human side of Roman Reigns and the real side of Roman Reigns. Yeah, it's like, oh, I think it'd be it'd be unbelievably. It would be so good for him to do that. And he's a guy too. You talk about Adami and his kids and that sort of stuff. I think Roman Reigns is a guy who I think is 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 very much into his daughter and into his family and that sort of stuff. And a guy who I think you know generally every time I've heard him in interviews where he isn't you know kind of structured is a pretty funny, easygoing guy. And I think yeah, that'd be very. But no, they have to have him be this you know. As I said, the superhero with the chiseled jaw and the, oh, you want to be with him and, you, you know, you're jealous of him. Nobody wants that. Who wants that anymore? Like, nobody cares about people like that. You know what else was because they're assholes. another cool moment from that? And, and I kind of read between the lines, but he ran into Seth Rollins twice during that little mini doc. And both times, Seth Rollins brought up the same point to him. And obviously, they have some history. 2009 Ring of Honor, I believe they were there at the same time and crossed paths. They may have wrestled each other a few times. Uh, I'm think, I think they had a match, yeah, if the I remember HD correctly. HD Net era, uh, for sure, because they brought Kenta back in 2009. Look, they were, they were in the same locker room at minimum, even if I can't think of a match off the top of my head. But my point here is he ran into Seth Rollins twice. And at this point, Seth Rollins knew he was going to leave that show as champion. 
okay? So he runs into Seth Rollins twice, and both times Seth Rollins makes the point to Kenta. He says, hey, your first WrestleMania, it took me three years. It only took you six months. He said it to him twice in two, right. in two different instances with the slightest tinge of jealousy in his voice, which goes to show that these guys are always hyper-competitive. It bothers him that this, even though it was just a stupid battle royal, you know, before the show, it is still bothers Seth Rollins that it took him so long to get to the main roster. And it, he probably still uses that as motivation. I really thought that was an interesting kind of uh, uh, character uh, uh, study, I guess, that, that yeah. I noticed with Rollins. Because he, he, it, was two, it was two separate instances, and he brought up the same point. Twice. He's really annoyed that, it took, that he was in developmental that long. Still, to this day. And, and, and he's kind of annoyed, I think, that, that Kenta, quote-unquote, made it to the yeah. roster so fast. I thought that was well, and there's and, and that's something they could use, <laughs> I mean, to be honest. And that's that's where I think it's, it'd be really beneficial. You talk about Kevin Owens or whatever, and, and it'd be beneficial to kind of just sit down with these guys. And I know that's not how the, the character superstar creation machine is. Sit down with these guys and go, okay, what, what motivates you more than anything? Cool. There you go. You know, if you asked Owens, he would say my family, and they go, "Okay, cool. Let's let's work with that. Let's let's you know start with that and and, and go towards that." You, I mean, you asked Seth Rollins right now, and yeah, like you said, it probably that probably is a big motivation for him. It's still a chip is that you know? Here's a guy right. who knew he, he was leaving the biggest show in company history with the title, and he's still, and he's still pissed. He's still yeah. annoyed. He's still annoyed that it took him three years to get onto the main roster. And guys are always going to be way more into that. I mean, it, it's it's so simple to say, okay, you know what? What actually motivates you in real life? Cool. Let's play that up a thousand percent. That's your character now. The end. Like that's it. Like, and that's why you believe in Owen so much, even though, and that's why he's such a good heel right now in NXT. And that's why there's still, you know, despite the fact that he's, you know, Kevin Steen and everybody loved him, there's still a tinge of of kind of, you know, I feel in there. Yeah. Right. And I, I almost don't. I almost kind of boo him a little bit too, because I'm like, yeah, you're kind of being a dick, man. And it's like, well, I mean, he's, he's totally justified in it, which is fine. that's good heels is saying, look, <laughs> you know, what do you want me to do? I want to feed my kids and, and it plays up exactly. And I think, um, as many years ago, but you know, I still talked to him a little bit is, you know, BJ Mendelson, when we had him on and he's, you know, obviously a social media expert. One of the things that he always mentioned that he thought that that would be the barrier of, of when you really start getting social media for these guys is to really just show who these people really are and then use that character to their benefit. And they, they're doing that with Owens or doing it with some guys, but yeah, by and large, they don't. You know, a guy like Dolph Ziggler is just nothing. I mean, he's just like it, – it's complete disconnect or whatever. And there, there's some. They try to do it, but then they play it up, and then you can tell it's not the real guy. And you know, the one, and the one yeah. time when he really showed the real him with that screaming promo in the back, they showed it on the app and nowhere else. Right, exactly. And that was the realest thing that Dolph Ziggler ever did. And, you know, that, that promo was divisive. I loved it. A lot of people hated it. I loved it because it it was the real him coming out. It was his yeah. real-life frustrations of working his ass off, and he really believes that he's the best guy on the roster, and that's fine. You know, you, you got to have a, you know some self-confidence, and it's it, it, sometimes it's good to be a little cocky, and he clearly is, and no one fucking saw the thing. A couple you know, a couple thousand people probably saw it, yeah. and, and it just right. goes to waste, and it's something that could have helped propel him if it was on Raw. So you're absolutely right. And with social media and everything else, the cur people want the curtain pulled back now, and, and the curtain is pulled back whether we like it or not. The curtain is pulled back to some extent. So they really, really – you're right. They should be doing more reality-based things like this. Right, and it does, and, and again, when I say that, I don't mean the, the – oh, that's a shoot brother and the Vince Russo garbage. No, no, like, no, you no, know, no, not that no. garbage. But like the guy's motivations should be stuff that is actually really real. You should walk that like, line. 
walk right, the right. line. You should be better. Yes, you should be much, much better than than you know, two thousand WCW with it or Shane Douglas talking about. Oh, Ric Flair, you remember what I remember what happened in nineteen ninety two? No, I really don't. But okay, <laughs> like thanks anyway. Yeah, but no, like like yeah, like I think like like the Atami now. That's there you go. Like that should be something that's a part of his character now. Is is you know we know that he's got these kids. They mean the life to him. You know that just just stuff like that. It's just so easy to do. And and it and I yeah I love that special. I thought it was really good. I thought it was kind of interesting. The 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 ending is him failing miserably at WrestleMania. But either way, that's fine. But, it, but. see, it wasn't it wasn't put forward like a failure though. It was put forward like exactly a right. Right. They a, did a good job. Like they did they did a good job. Success of, in his life. Right. And if you watch that and you knew nothing about him. Now you have a personal connection to him. You have a reason to cheer him when you see him in the exactly. arena because you know his story and, and you know that and, – and he came off so likable. Kenta, one of the biggest pricks <laughs> in wrestling, came off so likable, which is amazing because his reputation – and like I said, from the day he got to Florida, and I mentioned, I've mentioned it, he has never stopped smiling. Yeah, he loves it. He's a new human. Where in Japan, he was a grumpy fucking prick. He was the next Koji Kanemoto. He was and, – and he had a reputation for being a fucking asshole. And, you know, people like uh, Yuji Nagata beat the shit out of him in the middle of matches because he was a little prick. And and he had a reputation for chasing people out of the Noah Dojo. That's why they didn't have a trainee come through for 10 years because he was in the do- dojo beating the fuck out of him. He was a fucking grumpy prick. Uh, and maybe th- this is why. Maybe this was ultimately his goal. And 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 he's he just came off so likable. And it's yeah. it's it's you know I'm so glad that they did that. And on a smaller scale, uh, the other point that I wanted to make was just I like that they that the NXT show kind of broke stride for a couple weeks. There it needed it. It, it absolutely needed it. I I was having trouble, and especially now that I I, I don't do the reviews. Going back, it was a real dredge there for These a little while to try don't to. Have to be exactly the same format. No, because a lot of them, and and this one was interesting too, because you know this past weeks because they didn't have a match right away, which which is interesting because they usually the same format as we come, you know, we we have the the intro video, we have a little bit of background, we get to a match, it's a squash match, then we go backstage and we talk to this guy, and then we come and there's another squash match, then we go backstage, and then we build up for the you know William Regal makes the main event, like everything is just like cut and dry template of every single one and of these shows and, and it's not just nxt it's raw it's smackdown no 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 we're not stars yeah, no. is the same format every week they start off with a match then they do a little uh raw rewind then they they, they then they do uh you know uh, and then they do another match and then they close the show with the main event from the from the raw the week before yeah it's main just the way that it's the the same WWE operates. Well, yeah, yeah and and, and it, really when they break format what it also does as a viewer it's like oh hold on now this is different i have to pay attention you have to shake yeah you have to kind of shake your head out and go wait oh wait oh shit it makes like, you pay attention because there's something right. new. It's something fresh. It keeps you on your toes. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a Kevin Dunn thing. And maybe that's another reason he needs to go. Uh, because, you know, it's it, who knows? I think we're going to find a lot out. You know, people like to blame a lot of things on Kevin Dunn. And we're going to find a lot. We're going to find out a lot about this company and how it operated when he finally does hit the bricks. Because right. then we'll see if things start to change. Then it was right to blame him all these years. But man, that was not on my format sheet, Rich. No, that was not on the uh, the old yeah another callback to two thousand uh, WCW. That was not on the format sheet. But we uh we broke <laughs> broke character. Well, let's get into this New Japan. Uh, let's get yeah let's get into these New Japan shows. I um. You know, I alluded to them a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, New Japan World. There's two uh, – and we talked about this last week when we did the preview. This this was a house show, the, the main one we're going to talk about. There was two. There was the Road to Wrestling Dontaku and then the Wrestling uh, uh, Hinokuni. Have we ever decided how to actually pronounce that? I went with Hinokuni. Hino I went with Hinokuni. 
We're going with Hinokuni then. Nobody corrected us, so I guess we're okay. And this was essentially a beefed up house show. You know, with a relatively big crowd. The rest, the road to wrestling to Dontaku, don't get that wrong. That was a full out house show with, you know, almost nothing worthwhile in it. But we talk, wanted to talk about both of them because it's, it's good stuff. I mean, this is the thing we're kind of spoiled these days that, that these shows come up and we can watch them live or we can watch them, you know, immediately on demand. And, and that's what we do at this website is we review and recap every single one of them because that's, that's kind of what we do here. So uh, we had reviews on the site for both of these and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about them now. I, I, I did not watch the whole <laughs> Road to Wrestling Dontaku. So well, let's do Hino, might not be able well, to break Hino, that we'll one do down. Hino Kuni first. Hino Kuni. We, you and I have both seen all of that, correct? I did. I missed. Uh, there, there were two matches I skipped on the Hino Kuni show, but I saw everything that needed to be seen. So okay. the Hino Kuni show, like we said, that was sort of this new direction New Japan is taking, where they're taking one or two house shows on each tour now and beefing them up and making them a little bit more important than your standard yeah. house show, which absolutely means nothing. Their house shows normally mean zilch. This had a bunch of matches where there was some storyline advancements, some things that you need to pay attention to, some things that mattered. There were two title matches. There were three title matches and a title change. So uh, the Hinokuni show now, we had speculated that maybe they were going to run about four or 5,000 seats, and we thought that that was kind of mental to try to draw 5,000 fans. We had a Togi Makabe, Tomohiro Ishii main event. Well, no, it was a, uh, they set it up for 2,500 and it was standing room only and they sold it out. So it was a, it was a room slightly bigger than Corrigan Hall. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I would expect a Tomohiro Ishii Togi Makabe main event to be able to sell out 2,500 seats. And it did 5,000 seats. Like we talked about last week, I was probably (laughs) pushing it. You know, I, I'm not, wasn't so sure that, you know, uh, Makabe Ishii and two NWA matches were going to draw 5,000 fans. So it was <laughs> but a, you get the Yum Yum Yum, but the Yum Yum was coming over. So you got you to remember that, though. I got a lot to say about Yum Yum. You do. I, I know. You've been, you've been licking your chops to do this. So let's, let, let's get into the card here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not go match by match. I'll tell you what. Let's jump around. Let's talk about Yum Yum. Okay. Big Daddy Yum Yum. At this point, and people are going to think I'm nuts. I kind of think <laughs> – okay. Let me, let me say it this way. The first tour – he was actively bad. There's no getting around it. He was yeah. bad. He was bad in all of his matches the first time around. And I saw all of them. I didn't think he was bad on this show. I think the Big Daddy Yum Yum is terrible thing is just shit people say because that's like a fun gimmick now for him. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I didn't think this. he was bad in this match with Tenzon. Now, look. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I thought, thought it was, it was okay. a I didn't, perfectly I... acceptable two-and-a-half-star match and – Honestly, I thought he was better than Tenzon was in this match. Yes, we'll get, we'll get to the other guy, the other NWA guy. But yeah, I thought um, – I don't know if – Look, I'm not – I don't look, know if I would say he's better than Tenzon he in, was this in this match. match. But, I think he was in this match. Tenzon, okay. Tenzon, first of all, one of the biggest spots in this match was the headbutt off the top to set up the Anaconda. And he missed by about three feet. Yeah, that'll happen. That, <laughs> that'll happen with Tenzon. That was the worst spot in the match. I mean, look, Big Daddy Yum Yum is what he is. I'm not sitting here telling you he was a world beater or anything in this match, but he wasn't – I didn't find him offensive in this match. I really don't know what people are talking about, unless they're just having fun. But, I mean, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think he was that bad. I really didn't. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, with you on that. I think, I think, like you said, it's sort of a meme now to kind of laugh at Big, w, or Big Daddy Yum Yum and, and, and laugh at how bad he is and all that sort of stuff and about the name. And yeah, I didn't think he was, I, I'm with you. I don't think he was actively bad here. I don't think he was good <laughs> by any means, but I, I, I won't join you on that, but I, I, I will agree that he wasn't active. Well, I, I didn't think look, he was. I don't think he was great yeah. either. I mean, like I said, I thought it was just a little two and a half star match, but you know, I saw people throwing one star at it, uh, burying Yum Yum again. Look, I didn't think it was that. Look, I thought it was just an average match. I didn't think he was that bad. Um, now, 
Steve Anthony, I thought was really good. And, you know, I, what's no, I really, yeah. I mean, I guess we're going to disagree. I thought Steve Anthony was really good in that match. With Did Lyon. you have the same feet as me? I don't think you had the same feet as me. Are you sure? What was bad about it? <sighs> he was, I don't know. It's very generic. He had that nice springboard moonsault. He everything he did was was technically sound. Everything he did was crisp. I thought Liger was good in the match. It, I thought that match was boring as shit. But I liked it. In fact, <laughs> oh. we're gonna be we're gonna be way on different planes here. I thought it was. I enjoyed that match more than the main event. Uh, oof, so I didn't so, like the main event so though either. So you might. All right. So at least no. You know, what? I did not like that main event all that much. I didn't so think the main that, event I, was that good. No, I thought the main event was really bad. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know what, say I, really I, bad. But I, I didn't mind this match. You know, I didn't. I, I thought it was boring, but I thought Liger to me, I, I enjoyed Liger in this match. I thought he was was really good here. Anthony did okay. I what was I? Wrong? I didn't think well, he was. Tell great. me what was wrong with his performance. I just there was nothing that I really got into for what he was. It was a lot of his offense. Like you mentioned a few of the spots, you know, the springboard or whatever. But I thought by and large the offense was kind of boring. It was just kind of. What it felt to me like, and, and and I sort of mentioned on Twitter as well, is it felt like when you watch just a random NWA show and it's just kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to exactly describe it, but there was just nothing there that hooked me. It seemed like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's... Well, I warned you. Well, last week I told you, I think the way I described him was less dynamic than Chase Owens. Yeah. But more technically sound. Yeah, and I think that's it. it. To me, it felt very much like Rob Conway, which isn't a bad thing. Like, you know what he's saying? It's not really like well, a... Listen, we've coined the term the Rob Conway two-star special. Yeah, and I thought this was just... I, I, I thought if... I, I would have... with if, if you didn't tell me who this was, I probably would have assumed that Rob Conway just kind of went to the gym a little bit more, and that would be... You know, well, uh, then again, Rob Conway got kind of big uh, in his last New Japan run. That that's I, I really felt like it was Rob Conway out there, and you, you know me, I can kind of get lulled in his matches where... You know, he's not doing anything that's really outwardly boring. It's just he does a lot of stuff that just kind of in a row and there's no real flow. And that's kind of what I felt with Anthony. I, I don't know. I thought Liger did really good. I like the ending of this, though. I thought the last, you know, maybe four or five minutes were really, really good. And it really probably helped it in my mind. I thought it was an exciting match. And the crowd was super into it, too, which is always fun. Well, that's the thing. The crowd wasn't into it until the finish. Until the end. Yeah. And that's that's, that's kind of maybe credit. what led me out of it, that's too. That's a yeah. credit to the two guys because – the crowd didn't know Steve Anthony, right. and they didn't give a shit about this match until the last third of the match. And these guys, I thought, did a great job getting the crowd into the match because by the end of the match, the crowd was pretty hot for everything. And as far as all the bullshit with Tharp and the low blow, look, I don't mind that stuff in these NWA matches. No, it's fine in these. I, I it, it, it bothers the fuck out of me when they do it on the back end of a New Japan card. Because it doesn't, it's it, it, it's the wrong, it just isn't the right environment for that. But on in these NWA matches in the middle of the show, none of, you can't offend me. I don't care what kind of outside interference bullshit. I mean, do. one of the guys in one of these New Japan shows was, was called Big Daddy Yum Yum. Was his name? Yeah. Like I think I think it's okay if somebody low blows somebody, and that's what leads to the finish. Like, yeah, it's okay. I look. I thought Anthony was solid as fuck. In fact, to me, um, after the match. I thought he earned himself a full tour. I thought he was that good. Wow, oh, jeez. I, really? I, I, think huh. his, I think his performance in that match, what I was thinking was, if I'm booking this company, that's a guy who just showed me that he deserves more bookings. That, I thought he was that good. So we're just going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> we are, yeah, we're now, on that, if man. If you want to tell me you thought he was a little dry, I can understand where you're coming from. But as far as getting in there, look – to me, 
and I didn't even bury Big Daddy Yum Yum. I thought Big Daddy Yum Yum was average as fuck, which is fine. I only I need I only need him to be average. I don't need Big Daddy Yum Yum to go in there and give me four stars. I don't need that. I thought Steve Anthony blew Yum Yum away in terms of um, his ring work and the way they worked the match. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And and I mean I don't think Anthony did any. He wasn't. He he was solid all the way through. I I thought he was more than solid. I thought he was pretty good. I I was thinking to myself. I'd like to see this guy in Super Juniors. Why not? You know, it, it's. It, yeah. I, I mean, you know, why not throw him in Super Juniors and and have him get two points? You know what I mean? And lose and job to a bunch of guys. I well, you know what? They can't do that because he still has the title. Right. They're not gonna. No, I, I and yeah, I, even though you know, I'm saying he's dull and and that sort of stuff, and and he wasn't bad though. I think that's a, that's a big distinction that I, I, you I at least you didn't say have he to was address. Bad. I never thought he was bad. I just thought I was just kind of bored. Yeah, he was dull. Like, like you, you described it well. He's, he's dynamic is not a good way to describe Steve Anthony, which is, which is fine. And when, when you get a, you know, a junior, you know, a guy you would assume was a junior and he did a few things in the match. Like you mentioned, like, I don't know, the the, the TKO that he did was, was looked really good. You said the springboard, there was a few spots where it was like, Oh, okay. He springboard from the outside and then moonsault. Right, right. Now that's one of the things I liked about uh, his performance. He really spaced out his high spots. Well, Mm-hmm. That was another thing I liked about uh, the way he worked the match. Look, maybe I'm on an island, and I'm very curious now because you know people are going to react to this when they listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what other so people say. I want to think. see what people say. Now, now watching live on Twitter, um, the live reactions on Twitter, people, you know, they weren't going overboard. And I don't think I, – I, listen, I, I don't think I'm going overboard. At least I'm not – No, going. saying that he should be back at some point or at least get himself a full tour isn't going overboard. No. Him saying, you know, he's got a – oh, my God, they found the next star or whatever. Right. That, I'm not saying he should be Omega's next opponent. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> I thought he was I thought he was impressive enough here to where they can bring him back is all I'm yeah. saying. And and that was kind of the temperature on Twitter that night. People were saying, oh, that was pretty good. Uh, you know, I'd never seen you know, I never saw the guy before. But, you know, that that wasn't that bad. You know, and I yeah. saw a lot of people say that he was the best guy the NWA has brought in so far. Now, I, I'm not, look, I, I think. Based, I think he's a. I think Steve Anthony is slightly better than 2015 Rob Conway. I really do. 2015. Look. Yeah, two, that's the Macho Man beefed up. 2004. Yeah, that, that Rob Conway you know, is not. 2002, good 2004 Rob Conway. No, he was a very good worker back then. He's still a good worker now, but he's Rob Conway with the two star special. He, right. He's, he's inoffensive and he's just there. He's figuring out a way to cash checks just by kind of doing just. He's okay. Uh, he, right. Look, you <laughs> never watch a Rob Conway match and say, oh, that was terrible. He's okay. He's, he knows what he's doing. He's a seasoned. I think Anthony's a little better than him. So I can kind of see where people are coming from. He's clearly better than Big Daddy Yum Yum. And he's clearly better than Michael Tarver. I mean, Michael Tarver was. Oh, God, I forgot about Michael he Tarver. He was awful. And oh, then, you know, just, you know, Chase Owens. I mean, that's going to come down to taste. I think my description, look, Owens is going to do flashier things in the ring. But as a as a as a as a as a worker in total, I think Steve Anthony is a better worker than Chase Owens. I, you know, that might be. Yeah, I, I'd probably put Chase above him, but but I, I yeah. I think I think I, I agree with the rest of your list except for that. I'd probably put Owens above Anthony, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. All right, so you weren't in Steve. We've Anthony. Had some bad ones. No, yeah, I mean, I, I you don't I, have to be in the Steve Anthony, but right, yeah, just I mean, I, I'm with you. If if I saw more, I it wouldn't be totally upset. 
but he kind of felt like a generic sort of mid 2000s NWA main eventer guy. You, you know what I mean? Like you watch just random NWA shows from some random place. Like it'd be that guy that, you, you know, yeah, and, no, and that's, yeah, listen, I see where you're coming from too, because I got to be completely honest. I've seen a plenty of Steve Anthony and he's never right. been a guy that I've been a fan of. Um, so I totally see where you're coming from. And to be honest, he was better than I, I knew he was going to be solid, but he was better than I thought he was going to be. I don't know. To me, he worked like a guy who was looking to get booked more, which yeah. Why, and why wouldn't he? I mean, oh God, yeah. <laughs> this, this was the biggest match of Steve Anthony's career, and Steve Anthony is no youngster. Steve Anthony's been around the block. Okay, he's in his late thirties at this point. You know, he's 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 trained a ton of wrestling. I mean, this is a this is the biggest match of his career, and to me, he worked it as such. And I thought, I don't know, man. I I, I want to hear what people have to say. And yeah, I'm interested in other people. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think you I know what? I think this is going to be one of those instances where Dylan Hales agrees with me. This is a Dylan Hales match. Yeah, that's that strikes me as a Dylan Hales guy, especially a, a Dylan Hales Jr. Where you know spaces his high spots in between. Yeah, I'd be interested. So, but now because you said he liked it, he. He might hate it. We'll but. see. It's, I, I have a feeling. I used, no. This is this is one of the five times you guys agree. I have a. I, I'm pretty good at taking his temperature. I think he's. I think he's going to say he enjoyed that match. Okay. I don't we'll think he watched it yet, though. I didn't see him comment on it. But uh, so yeah, I mean, those are two NWA matches. Now, Big Daddy Yum Yum. One last thing. It has been his personal <laughs> mission to win this NWA title back here in the States. And he always comes up short. He's been North American champion. He's been national champion. And he came up short again. Will Yum Yum ever win? <laughs> Who cares? The NWA world title, Rich. Will he ever win it? I don't know. We'll have to watch on you know, you know, I know NWAclassics.com to see what happens. I assure you, I promise you, people aren't going to believe me. I've seen Big Daddy Yum Yum have legitimately great matches. I really have. He shows he shows elements of it. You, you watch these and you see that there's times that he does. And then, like, by and large, though, I've seen him have a legitimate four star match in person. And he had it against Tokyo Monster Cahagas, believe it or not. No, that didn't happen. I promise you, you could buy the DVD. Paul, it was the uh, Paul Bosch tribute show from Houston, 2013. Same show where Killer Elite Squad won the NWA World Tag Titles for the first okay. time. And what? It was IWGP tag titles versus NWA tag title for title against um, Kings of the Underground. And that was the same show, okay? Um, IWGP tag titles defended in the United States. You know, I had to go, go to that. It was a big show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Big Daddy Yum Yum as Byron Wilcott. The Big Daddy Yum Yum thing is only in Japan. He calls him right. That's another thing too. That I, I think that's another thing too. That it's it's kind of different he characters. Calls he calls him that. He listen. He uses that nickname in the United States like as a tongue in cheek thing to get heel heat. It's not his moniker in the United States. Right. Um, this was a w in Japan. That's everything. Listen, this was a WWE contracted performer. He was in FCW and Loki and uh, Brian Danielson and that era. 2000, I don't know, eight ish, I guess. So, uh, yeah, what? Yeah, 2007, 2008, somewhere in that range. Lennox yeah. McEnroe. And what happened was he got injured. He had a bad injury. Yeah, the era of awful names. Lennox God, McEnroe. Remember, those, remember how bad those names were? I'll give you one guess why they gave him the first name Lennox. Maybe because uh, he's a black guy with dreads. Black guy with dreads? Uh, I... Big shocker there. So, um, what was his last name? McEnroe, obviously, Mc... from the tennis player. 
why why does he like tennis because that was always the best thing about those like what are two athletes you like all right there you go that was that era where they were just remember (laughs) they were pulling names from celebrities right it's the michael tarver thing you know he was a boxer so they gave him antonio tarver's last name (laughs) and mike tyson's first name it was like that's how they were pulling (laughs) names back then it was awful but i i I promise you i've seen yum yum have good matches i listen i'm not going to sit here and defend the the new japan work (laughs) Okay, because when this match was his best match, he doesn't exactly have a sterling resume, but I've seen him have good matches, I promise you. But uh, as a babyface, too, he's actually very over when he's as a babyface in some of these places. We've spent way too much time. Yeah, this is an obnoxious amount of time. I've seen amount of time on these two matches. Um, Other than the main event, anything else stand out to you on this card? Uh, We both agree we weren't hot on the main event. No, it was not a tedious. yeah, and that's I, I think that's that's it. And I think a lot of it's sort of happening to me with a lot of Ishii matches lately. And and really to be fair, Ishii Makabe, we talked about this a few months ago. It's these two, and it's 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 sort of the stuff that you know when the people complain about New Japan, they compl- complain about the elbow strikes and this and this, and this is all they do in every single match. They're over exaggerating. But when you see this same match over and over, I, I felt like I've seen this match four times, five times already at this point. It's just nothing. I mean, when another flurry of elbow strikes, it was like, okay, all right, all right. Like, there's just no juice between these guys anymore. And yeah, it, it was, I just wanted it to be over at a point. I could just tell how long it was going to go and you could feel how long it was going to be. And it was just like, I'm good. It you know, you, you knew what was, you knew what it was going to be. Yeah, it was too long. I mean, those guys, Ishii was at his best doing, you know, those 11-minute, 12-minute things with Naito or whatever, just giving it all is all in those. You know, he does a longer one because it's the same match, but it's just stretched out. So instead of, you know, 10 elbow strikes, there's 20. Instead of, you know, this, it was that. It was just, yeah, there was nothing there Look, in this I, match. I, I was just bored, I like yeah. the first match I had. I don't want to see them wrestle each other anymore, though. I want them no, it's, it's over, in a different yeah. direction. Um, obviously Makabe was never supposed to lose the title clearly. Um, so they put it back on, look, if nothing else, this feud and Makabe getting the, the flu gave us the Ishii Hanma match. So from that right. respect, we got lucky. Um, but I mean, I don't want to see them face each other anymore. And now they can go right back to whatever long-term direction they had with Makabe because clearly they plan out these title runs and they know who's going to win, who's going to be the next guy to win the title. So, you know, it was kind of clever to just sneak it into a house show like this and beef up the house show and put the title back on them. So now they could just carry on and do whatever plans they had long term for Makabe from here. But I didn't love the match and I thought it was kind of tedious and I was I was bored watching this match. So it's uh, it's not a match that I loved. The opener was unique because you had the three young lions teaming together against uh, Gato and Rapongi Vice. I thought it was a hot little opener. Look, I didn't think it was – it didn't quite live up to my expectations. It sounds pretty silly having expectations for an opener with Young Lions involved, but that's how good these Young Lions are. You have expectations going into their matches now. Yeah. So um, I don't know uh, what you thought about it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, but it's these guys are so good. It's gotten to the point where with, with the they feel like roster guys. I yeah. think this was a match in particular where where and and they do that a lot. But this is one in particular where I had to do a kind of a double take and go, oh wait, shit, these guys they're they're, they're the guys. like they feel like just regular roster members. They feel like no different than Trent Beretta, like no different than than Rocky Romero, which is is a testament. And I, I hope that you know we talk about it till we're blue in the face or whatever. It might just be okay to just have these dudes be regular roster members. Like they're I I them going away would make no sense right now. It, it, they don't need to. I don't think Tanaka and Kamatsu need to go away. I really don't. I think they need. They're so good right now already. Yeah, and and they just need to um, 
be allowed to have they need to get gimmicks now and just and go with it right because it's it's in this match in particular was one that it was over and i just went oh yeah shit those guys are like you, you don't even think of it anymore you don't even think of them as 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 young boys anymore they don't even look like i mean there's just so much has changed and so much is different and they're just so good at sort of harnessing the crowd and 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 working a match i mean this was this was great i i really really they're enjoyed better this. workers this was, than half the guy in this show exactly right you look at a guy like yoshihashi you're like fuck shotanaka could be in the spot right now and be better at it yeah you know, Yohei Kamatsu could be way better than a Yoshihashi right now, or than a Yujiro or whatever, or even a Taguchi. Like, what the fuck are those guys doing? I, I agree. Um, the, the match number two was interesting. Cody Hall wins a match. Now, yes, gets a fall. Yeah, he was no, he didn't get the fall, but he won. He was on the winning side of the match. Oh, Yujiro did. Yeah, you're right. Yujiro did get the fall. But, right. But what's significant about that? Owen twenty five coming in. Right. He didn't take the fall. And and he didn't. His side didn't. His side won for the first time ever. He was on the winning side. He hasn't had a singles match yet. All of his previous, tw- all of 26 of his matches to that point had been tag matches. So they don't trust him in singles match, which is, a, which is smart. I, which is fine, yeah, because I wouldn't either. There's no reason he's... to put him in a singles match yet. I think he'd be badly exposed in a singles match. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but Owen 25 wins a match. That's more significant than it sounds. That's a pretty quick turnaround to get your first win. Right. The thing with Cody Rhodes is, Look, I know he's living in Cody, Cody, Hall. Cody Hall. The thing with Cody Hall, <laughs> I know he's living in the dojo and all that. I don't really consider him a young lion. He's the bottom guy in the top heel group, and he doesn't work ringside. I, look, I don't know what they're – you know. look, I'm sure he's sweeping up in the dojo and all that. But I, as far as when he's on these shows, he, I, I don't get a I, – I don't feel like no, they're treating him like a young lion. No, you can tell by the way his like moves the are. The mo- yeah, I mean, he's doing those discet lariats, and guys are selling like crazy for him and stuff. Yeah, you can tell. There's there's a, a lot of little elements there that show you that he's not like that. Like, they're not booking him in that sense either. Yeah, so, and then that, you know, uh, some people were annoyed that he won a match so quickly. That doesn't bother me because, Who cares? again, it's like, look, he didn't – If he, he's not out there winning falls on people, which – and it's against Captain New Japan, so who and, cares? Yeah, and it's like he's just, you know, it's it's not a big deal. He's gonna probably lose his next twenty five, just like he lost his first right. twenty five. Still, still a significant story though, that he picked up a win, you know, over a Satoshi Kojima team. Yeah, I mean, look, I know Captain New that's Japan took the fall. You knew they're gonna keep Kojima out of the, out of that, and you knew they were gonna keep Hall out of that if that side was gonna win. But there's a little bit of a story there. Um, yeah, absolutely. As far as the rest of the show, uh, there's. That, I wanted to say real quick, yeah, that match had a, a lot of intensity. I thought I really liked it. I, I I was shocked a little bit. You know, you have a lot of stuff with Cody Hall and Captain New Japan, and and like real you know vicious stuff. Like, you know, Kojima had a lot of. It was kind of fun too. You know, him not wanting to tag <laughs> Captain New Japan in, and and I just thought this. You know, we talk about these basic you know tag matches at the beginning of the card or whatever. A lot of times it can be boring. This one wasn't boring at all. I really really thought this was fun. It was a decent match. It was a decent match. Yeah. That's the thing, Cody Hall has been involved in these matches. He's he's looked better recently on the last three or four shows that I've He's improving rapidly. He like is improving really rapidly. Rapid, he really rapidly. Yeah. I, I still don't think I, I understand why I don't trust him in singles matches. There's clear weaknesses there still, but um he's really good where he really shines is the closing sequences of these matches where yeah. it becomes chaos. Because he's so big and he does have a certain viciousness to his offense. Now, this match isn't a good example because he's been killing people with that spinning lariat. And the one that he did in this match was kind of weak. 
Yeah. Um, he didn't really nail the guy with this one, but he he did the thing where he cut off. Uh, what did he do? He uh, Captain Japan was doing something. He just came out of nowhere, just pulverized him, like like blindside tackled him in this one. Which I he's thought was doing pretty a good job coming off as as yeah. as, a, as a monster because on this roster, I mean, he's a lot bigger than most of the guys on this roster, and he really shines in those situations. And he's he's really, I think, he's showing some personality and 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 showing a little bit of confidence. So there, I think. There's definitely you can see the makings of a decent worker with this guy. So um, he's certainly look, he's not jumping off the page like Jay White is in terms of ring work. But right. I do think he's doing a better job uh, with his character work and showing personality than Jay White is doing at this point. And, and Jay White isn't exactly he's doing OK in that regard. Right. And, and that might be by design as well. I think they're maybe giving him a little bit more of a leash to do that. Whereas Jay White, you know, we talk sure. about is more of a yeah. traditional young boy where he's, you know, kind of stuck to a, a thing whereas as Cody Hall they're they're you know you can tell from the tights you can tell from the you know everything that he's not you know the same <laughs> they don't treat him the same so it's a lot so easier that, yeah. to be it's also a lot easier to be a cocky heel than to be a babyface young boy I mean, exactly you know, right let's right. be honest about that too um but yeah so uh that was Hino Kuni there were a few multi-man tag matches mixed in um I didn't even watch a couple of them to be completely honest with you. I've been so far. You missed, you missed absolutely nothing. There was, you know, a a Gallows Anderson and I saw the whole thing. Yeah. There was a Gallows uh, Anderson, Omega, Shelly, Naito, Hanma. That was just okay. That was just kind of there. Okada Yoshihashi versus uh, Balak Fale and Tamatonga. That was, I mean, my God, you, I think you know what that probably was like. Was was, Was that Okada pinning Tonga? Yes, it was. Did Tonga take an exaggerated bump for the Rainmaker? He did. There you go. I know it's a shocking development of that. I might like have you to. can close your eyes. You can close your eyes. How long was that match? Eleven minutes. Close your eyes and imagine eleven minutes of that tag. You. I feel like I, I've you've seen, seen that it. match several times. I feel like you have. I don't know why Okada's still facing Valley, <laughs> but uh, that's fine. Whatever. But yeah. So that that was nothing. Uh, I don't even know what else I'm missing. Oh God, a Kushida a Nakanishi Taguchi, uh, Dorada Tiger Mask Nagata. That is significant because Kushida was the one that got the fall there. So that um, that's one to kind of note. Um, oh right! I'm glad you brought that up. Kushida yeah, that's a big one. Dorada. Right. So and somebody read my article, Gato. And, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And on Twitter, I'm so glad you brought this up. We almost blew it off. I kind of forgot about because that. Because on yeah. Twitter, apparently from the Japanese, from the bilingual folks on Twitter, they're setting up a match for that CMLL title between. Oh, is that it? Oh, okay. Kushida I didn't know what that was. They're planting okay. the seeds. Ah, okay. Which look, I people didn't I, I love that. That's great. That that gives these two guys a little bit of a purpose here. You know, if you work Dorada's CML, I think it's the welterweight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I may have I gotten that, that wrong. Correct. But Let me, whatever, I'll, I'll whatever title Dorada has, they're planting the seeds uh for Kushida to go after that title that Dorada holds for CMLL. So um look, I'm all for that. I'm all for these NWA title ma- I'm I'm all for any match that has a purpose especially singles matches. I have no problem with that. And because, you know, in new Japan, you either get these stupid tags. I rather have singles matches, even if they're for these fringe titles from other companies. Did I stall long enough for you? Uh, no, because he has won a lot of titles. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, I'm trying to find out right now. He has won that one before, but I cannot find out for sure if he still has that one. Oh, current. Yeah, uh, World Welterweight Champion. Yep, you're correct. CMLL Welterweight. So, yeah, they're planting the seeds for that. So that was something else newsworthy to come out of Yeah, that's cool. And it's like we tried to tell people, look, this show was going to have some newsworthy stuff on it, which is why it was really a can't-miss show. You had to – look, there was going to be some 
multi-man garbage, but you were going to have some stuff to sink your teeth into. And they did some storyline advancements here. So right. it was a decent little show. Look, it's not, you know, let's show it a year, uh, you know, but it was, you know what? It was exactly what I thought it was going to be other than the slightly disappointing main event. Yeah, it was pretty good uh, up until the main event. And, and, and really, yeah, even those tag matches were, were kept relatively short and they still, even though they were, you know, generic sort of, New Japan multi-man tag matches. Like you said, there was little elements of stuff in there. Save for the Okada, you know, Tamatonga Valley. I mean, that one was just kind of nothing. Every other one had a little bit of element. That, you well, know, Yano, something. Yano and, and, pin Tanahashi again, correct? Yeah, Yano pin Tanahashi, and then Sakuraba and, and Shibata had a lot of interactions in their match, too. So you sort of saw a little stuff breaking off from there. So, yeah, they were all significant, you know, things that happened. But, yeah, other than the main event, which is shocking that we're talking about the, the Makabe Ishii main event was probably the one of the worst aspects of this whole show, which tells you it was a pretty okay show, yeah, if that's I the mean, case. You so. know, they worked hard. It just the match didn't engage me at all. Yeah, and I think that's everybody. I, I feel like that's almost universal. I haven't seen anybody really say that they enjoyed it. So so the next night, they had Road to Wrestling Duntaku. This was a little yes. house show in front of about five <laughs> or 600 fans. I, look, I looked at the card, and this was a six-match card with five multi-man tag matches. I blew off nearly the entire card, but I wanted to watch the uh, the first half of the show because there was a Show Tanaka Jay White singles match, yes. which I actually watched at work today on my phone because um, I wanted to watch that before. Great style, like me. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to watch it before we did the show. Excellent match. Enjoyed it a lot. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and check that out because I, I, I just hand wave this entire thing. So. It's, look, probably three-star range, you know, two and three-quarter, three-star high-end. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm going to like it a lot because both guys are over with me. So that always helps. Um, but yeah, it, you know, Jay White, the one thing about him is, is in January when he, when he debuted, a lot of his stuff was, uh, you can almost feel him thinking in the ring. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he's kind of starting to be more natural with a lot of his movements and, 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 and showing more confidence in his movements now. And, uh, that really came through here and show Tanaka really has this cool way that he's finishing matches now where he has the guy, he, I don't know what he calls it. It looks like he has the guy in a standing stretch muffler. And he has the guy up on his neck in a stretch mus- muffler position. And then he slams him and converts it into a single leg crab seamlessly in one motion. And that's how he tapped out Jay White here. It was a really cool finish. I like that move. It's unique. Nobody else is doing it. So you can see that these guys are working in moves now to give themselves a little personality when it comes to these young lions. And I know Jay White for a while there. I don't think it ever made tape. But one, you know, on the last tour, he was using a falcon arrow. Okay, so look, it doesn't sound like much, but for young lions, that means something when they're allowing yeah. these guys to do different uh, and more high impact moves. And the other match I wanted to watch was the Yuji uh, Nagata, Taguchi, Kushida versus Nakanishi, Dorada, and Komatsu because I wanted to watch, like we just talked about, the interactions between Kushida and Dorada uh, because of what happened the night before. So obviously, you know, a blind man could see what the finish was going to be. Komatsu took the fall and he took it from Kushida. So uh, that was a decent little match, too. And then Tenkoji had a straight tag match against yeah. Yujiro and Cody Hall. And like we just talked about, Cody, Cody Hall's one. Yeah, his one game win streak is, is, is already over. He, so, you yeah. know, <laughs> he, he took the fall. Kojima pinned Cody Hall. And I did not watch the rest of the show because it was just your standard house show fair uh, with the other three, two or three matches or whatever else was on the show. I'm going to let you predict this one. Okada and Gato against Bad Luck Folly and Tamatonga. Who one and who took the fall well, that's a little harder to figure because gato is always a, a a candidate to get pinned especially by by folly get these gato folly interactions are fun as fuck 
But, they're they're good. But I'm guessing Okada hit Tonga with another Rainmaker. You got it there, Chief. But there you go. All right, not much. Beretta, Beretta got a pinfall. Did he really now? He did against Tiger Mask. So, and that was a significant match too because uh, Rocky Romero stripped the mask off of Tiger Mask. Oh, and they, the whole match kind of broke down after that. Everybody kind of you know freaked out and you covered his head or whatever. And methinks best of the Super Juniors. Little Rocky is Black Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, Black Tiger. Black action. Tiger's back. Yeah. You know, with Tiger masks. So there you go. It was significant. So now you have to watch this whole thing because of that. No, you really don't have to. But nah, there you go. I think I'm... If you're not familiar with Black Tiger, that's Rocky Romero's sort of uh, masked persona. He was so. Black Tiger number, I want to say four. I think four. But... Or was Ishii number four? Ooh, maybe it was three. He might have been three. But yeah, they, they brought it back for the best of Super Juniors last year, and they're probably going to do it again this year. Well, so. I, Mark, Mark Rocco, Eddie Guerrero. Um, who am I missing? Oh boy, people are gonna say we're complete idiots. I want to, I want to say he's, I want to say he was number four, and Ishii was number five, but I can't remember number three or number two. Who am I forgetting? Pull it up. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. We don't even. Uh, there's no pretense of a producer anymore. I just. No, no, it's 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 obviously me. I straight up tell you. Up. Uh, to play. all right, uh, Rock, uh, Rollerball Rocco, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Cesar Gonzalez. He was three. Okay. He was three. Oh, Rocky Romero was four. Okay. Uh, Cesar Gonzalez is, um, um, oh shit. What's his better known, uh, gimmick? Um, shit, shit. You're looking right at it. Uh, I'm looking. It's not making it easier. Silver King. Silver King. King. Silver King was number three. There we go. Um, Romero's four. Rocky Romero's four. Ishii was five. Um, b- 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 no, Ishii was six. Five, Who the hell is five? Five was the one and done dude that, where he got kicked out of the company. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Um, um, Takiawa, Takiawa. Yes, 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 yes. And then he, so he was five and then Ishii was six. Because people don't remember this. This is how low Ishii was on the totem pole not that long ago. He had a blood. Oh, no, you're thinking of, you're thinking of seven was, uh, oh, no, uh, was that Nasawa? Nasawa, wrong guy, but he. His run was short because he had the scandal, and it wasn't yeah, his well, fault. Well, somebody was smuggling cannabis. Is that is that yes. that's your boy? Yes, that was the wrong guy was seven because, but he got cleared of the scandal since then. But New Japan oh, okay. wanted to wash their hands of him when the scandal broke. You understand? Yeah, yeah. And that's you. why he wants um, Takuya Sugi dead. Literally, he wants him dead. <laughs> like, I'm, like, like I'm not making that up. Ask the Mexico guys. They, they, like. Nosawa Rangai wants him dead, and the guy is hiding. The guy, uh, Yoshitsu, is hiding from Nosawa Rangai because he essentially, he nearly ruined the man's career. Right, now he's just toiling away in, in obscurity. And he had a big so. opportunity there with New Japan doing the Black Tiger game, and they, they washed their hands of him. This guy nearly ruined his career. He almost got him blacklisted. But yeah, so to show you how far Ishii was down in the totem pole not very long ago, he was doing the, the Black Tiger in, in, gimmick and he was having a blood feud with Tiger Mask on the undercard right. of these New Japan shows. That's 2011, too. That's so it's not, not even that like, long ago. Yeah. That's during what I would call the new period of New Japan, like the, the beginnings of this era. To show you Crazy. how far he's come in the cards, for people who may have jumped on a little later, because there's a lot of people who have, as New Japan has gained popularity. Ishii was feuding with Tiger Mask in prelims, in a mat, doing a mask gimmick. Picture that. Picture Ishii as Black Tiger. It's crazy. He didn't even have the right build. You know. It, it, you know. So that, that just. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't even remember. I don't. I don't know if I've ever 
I've seen pictures of it, but I don't remember him actually he, like, doing it. He lost a hair versus mask mask. It was a crazy feud with Tiger Mask. Uh, I think they had a hair versus mask match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's about four years ago now. I don't have vivid memories of this undercard feud. You know, the footage was a little harder to come by then. Right, was, yeah, back in the old was, days. This was the end of the old day. This was pre-Ustream. This was the tail end of the downloads. Extreme Wrestling Torrents era. <laughs> you know what it was? It was the tail end of the downloads era. 2011 was the Rudos era. Remember Rudos? Uh, okay, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, with their illegal site, and, you know, you know, that was the Rudos era. And, you know, a lot of shows just never emerged. You know, we're spoiled now. Now we're watching these house shows in front of 400 fans, you know, live as they air in Japan early this morning. So, yeah, there were seven uh, Black Tigers. So, there you go. Yeah, and uh, so he was number four. I forgot about Silver King. Can't believe that. Um, but yeah, so there you go. All right. So uh, anything else for new Japan before we move on to dragon gate? No, I, I think, uh, we're not ready to preview. Well, what's the date dominion? I think dominion is, Oh no, no. Or don't and then dominion. Oh, wait, after that. There's the fifth. Oh, wow. Shit. got to run through the card. We have. To. Oh fuck. Is it really? <laughs> it's the fifth, shit, which is, is before the next show. So we'll be reviewing it on the next show. Oh, wow. Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Let me fire it up. I did not think of that. Yeah. Is it? I thought it was later, but uh, you're probably right. Damn. I'm pretty sure it's the fifth. All right, let me fire it up here real quick. Sorry about that. I've got to run through the card at minimum. The third, goddammit. It's the third, so it's this <laughs> Sunday. Third. It's this Sunday. Shit, we better get ready. I have nobody planned to review it. I got, nobody, I got nothing ready at no, all. I'll, okay. I'll review it. Okay, I got to fire it up here, ready to go. All right, we'll do a preview here on the, on the spot. Thank you for noticing that. People would have been very upset. No one told us that when we asked people what we should talk about. Nobody said that. I mean, you forget I, this thing's maybe on? Maybe it was assumed. Oh, okay. Well, that we're not idiots. That we actually know what we're supposed to be covering. All right. Eight-man tag match. You got Captain New Japan, Kushida, Nakanishi, and Taguchi versus Jushin Thunder Liger, Masquerade Dorada, Tiger Mask, and Yuji Nagata. Well, Kushida and Dorada on opposite sides. Right. So that's going to be the key thing to focus on here. Otherwise, it's just to get everybody on the show match. Right. Uh, who who knows who takes the fall? There's there's guys that can lose on both sides, but probably Captain New Japan taking the fall. But or they could do something with Kushida and Dorada again on the higher yeah. profile show. So there's a lot of possibilities there. Yep, absolutely. I'll uh, move on to the next match. Just a standard tag match. Kota Bushi makes his return to New Japan against uh, oh teaming with sorry uh, Kota uh, uh, Yohei Kamatsu versus Shotanaka and Naito. That's gonna be fucking great. How awesome great. does that sound? Jeez, that's really good. One to ten. That's a nine, man. That's those are that's my Abushi's my guy, Naito's my guy, Kamatsu's my guy. Tonight, I mean that that's that's right up I gotta there. Gotta go seven or eight for that match. That sounds like yeah, an excellent match. Uh, one that I'm a little bit less excited about: six man tag. Uh, Bad luck, folly. Cody Hall and Tamatonga versus Tanzan, Kojima, and Hanma. Yeah, this match can get fucked. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. basically, what, you know. I mean, come on, just close yeah, your eyes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what you're looking for here is the development of Cody Hall. That's really the only right. thing to pay attention to. Hanma's gonna miss some headbutts occasionally, and you know. he might hit one here and win the match. Yeah, Cody yeah. Hall. Yeah. I'm gonna say Kojima probably takes gets the fall here from someone, this but is, this who is, knows? Or is, bad luck, Fale pins Hanma. Remember though, this Whatever. is this is Hanma with his feud against the Bullet Club B team. So you never know. Right, right. You never know. All right, so Rapongi Vice. Speaking defending... of, along those lines, oh. do you think he's heading into a feud with Fale now that Fale has nothing to do? Mm, That'd be an interesting feud. It'd be interesting. I haven't seen anything that really shows well, that this could be the beginnings of it this could be it yes yeah, so we'll and, have to and see i'll tell you i believe it was uh i believe it was joe lanza who suggested that the big singles win should be uh over Fale for hanma 
Did you? I don't remember that. So I, I, I did. And uh, <laughs> I did say that. And uh, if they do plant the seeds for that. No, you wanted the big win to be like a real big you deal. You better hope that that's not the – I'll never stop – I'm going to dig into the archives and prove it. But you better hope that's not the direction they're going because I'll never shut the hell up about that one. You're not going to. Yeah, that'd be pretty – and then he wins. Oh. Yep. God. I think it's coming. But you, I thought you wanted him to win like a big like title – Singles you match can do that. You like can that, right? you can have him win like a never title or something in Corrigan, but I think I think uh, beating someone like Fale would be, a realistic would be thing perfect. That, yeah. I mean, that's a perfect opponent. It it plays off of his dynamic perfectly as the underdog against the monster. You know what I mean? And and who cares if Fale loses to Han? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what the hell? It's it's Fale. So I, right. I but but, but Fale is respected enough to where it would mean something. It would blow the roof off any building. Yeah. So I, I think that's the perfect guy for Hamba to finally beat. We'll see. All right. Uh, IWGP junior tag titles. You got Rapongi Vice, obviously Trump Red and Rocky Romero, defending against Red Dragon, making their return, and the Young Bucks. I'm kind of over these three ways, but um, look at the people involved. I mean, how can you complain? So, um, you know, when it comes to the Bucks, you can't underestimate any match that they're in. Yeah. It's going to be great because the Bucks are in it. A match that I'm definitely looking forward to, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kenny Omega uh, defending his title against Alex Shelley. Can't wait. That's going to be good. Yeah, that's going to be really, really, really good. Omega's back to being Kenny Omega, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you checked out the article. Andrew Rich did a really good one this week about you know subtlety in wrestling and focusing on Kenny Omega a lot. And that's an article that Omega actually found and, and you know on his own and, and enjoyed it and and complimented us on it. And yeah, that's a guy who you could tell he was in his element in that Kota Bushi you know, storyline and not just being, you know, whatever, just not being a guy yeah. like to be something focal point, to be something where he can, he can really be an interesting character and really kind of add some depth and layer to his character. You could tell he's just living it up. Like he loves it. And this is going to be good. I mean, Shelly in a singles match, that's going to be, I, and you know, he's going to give it all his full effort and be just awesome. Yeah. here. Again, so. this is a new guy in the mix in an important singles match. You can't complain when, I, you know, when it comes to Shelly, a uh, historic moment, six person, not six man, six person tag team match. The Bullet Club, Amber Gallows, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson taking on the Kingdom. Maria Canellis, Matt Taven, and Michael Bennett. This is the first women uh, interaction in, in New Japan in quite some time. China was the last one. Yes. New Japan on the forefront of progressive wrestling <laughs> and, and intergender, uh, uh, whatever. Who cares? Um, yeah, I, you know, it's going to be garbage. I, I don't like the whole Carl Anderson. Has never seen. And Joe didn't say garbage because it's intergender. He said garbage because well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to tell you why. Just, you know, right. I, I, I just want just so everybody because they're going to turn it off and go, oh my god, ah, fuck them, <laughs> who cares? Right. Uh, they, they can think what they want. Um, I, yeah. At this point, we, we we know that that community is a small subset of loons who right. are close-minded to any other train of thought, and um, and and they're bullies, and and I really don't care what any of those people think anymore. We, we've spent far too much time yep, including now, uh, so. debating these morons and, and, and fighting battles with people who are so close-minded and, uh, in their thought process that it's just, it doesn't matter what they think. It's the same dozen loons and, and who gives a shit. But it, okay, it, that's it. You're done. It's, uh, I am done. But it's, um, I promise you. But it, yeah, I just, I don't like this. Carl Anderson has never seen a half-naked woman before. Right, Maria. It's so it's lame. So it's so bad. It's, it's cringy. To the nth degree. I just, I can't. It's garbage. I'm just, I have zero interest in it. 
Yeah, I, I me too. And 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 Gallows doesn't do a whole lot for me. And and Amber Gallows is is, is a good is a good worker. So I mean, she'll. But it's gonna be weird. You know what? It's it's not gonna be a match. It's just gonna be a shit it's show of Carl Anderson not being able to focus. Twelve minute angle. And right, and Carl Anderson's gonna not be able to focus. Doc Gallows is gonna have to slap him and say, "Come on, pay attention." And then you know, the whatever. only intrigue here is do Guns and Gallows break up eventually because of this, and do one of them leave the Bullet Club? And the only other thing here is. Um, how will New Japan do intergender? Are they going to have uh, Gallows? Yeah, is it going to be standard old school WWF mixed tag where when they tag in, they have to tag out or whatever, where the well, you know, you know the know, genders cannot mix? It's but. a different culture, so are they eventually, you know, Gallows teased beating the shit out of Maria at Invasion Attack. Yeah. Or whatever that's true. It was Invasion Attack, right? Yeah. So it's like, are they going to do spots where he beats the living shit out of her? And how are some people going to take that? And mm-hmm. I'm afraid it's going to open up that whole can of worms again. And it's just, uh, God. So just, this, whole, <laughs> this, this whole thing could just go get fucked. I just, I, I'm just less than zero interest in it. Let's move on. All right. Uh, we have, uh, just the chaos versus madness. <laughs> Six man tag as usual. Uh, Sakuraba, Ishii and Yano taking on Tanahashi, Shibata and Makabe. Your classic so, new Japan rivals on opposite sides, setting up singles yeah. matches for down the line, you know, so yeah, Yano, you know, Tanahashi, the day so. of the super shows are over. So this will build to something, you know, many, many months ago where you'll see Sakuraba and Shibata have to wait to have their singles match and Yano and Tanahashi. Have to probably wait to not have for a while because super juniors right. is coming. And Super Juniors is the next tour, and they're probably going to announce the Super Juniors uh, participants on, on yeah. the intermission of this show, which, which will be, be great exciting. because uh, yeah, we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a pick 'em for that one as well. We're going to try to at least anytime they're going to have tournaments, to have these little games and contests or whatever. So for that, we're we're I'm I'm, in, I'm very much looking forward to them announcing the names because we're going to kick it right off. We have the the kind of the infrastructure ready to go, but we just need the names now, and then we'll we'll do signups and get prizes and all that other good stuff. So if if you liked our G1, if you liked uh you, you know the Bolo one, if you liked you 